Never-ends classic races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. Going up here at Charlotte Motor Speedway as the field begins to roll down toward number turn number one. 20 of the best drivers in Winston Cup racing today set to shoot it out for a $600,000 purse. The fans are about as keyed up as you'll see them for the special event here this afternoon, and I think we're going to see some good racing. A totally different type format for the Winston Cup drivers. If you've just joined our broadcast or if you're wondering what we're doing this afternoon in the Winston, we'll explain it to you briefly again. The race will go for 75 laps, and then they will make a 10-minute stop. The drivers are allowed to do anything to the cars or crews, I should say, or drivers for that matter, either one, during that 10-minute break. That is within the framework of regular Winston Cup racing. They'll race another 50 laps, which will take us to 125. Then they will make another 10-minute stop, make more adjustments on the car if they so desire, come back out and run the final 10 laps. And then those final 10 laps, whoever wins that, of course, will get $200,000 first-place money. And as you heard some of the drivers express, even Daryl Walker a moment ago, here you could hear a little apprehension in his voice, Mike, about what might happen in those final 10 laps. It's going to be a wild shootout, Barney, probably unlike anything this circuit has ever seen, to race essentially 10 laps for $200,000 to win. Now, the drivers qualified yesterday through one-lap time trials for the starting lineup that is on the racetrack right now. The second 50-lap segment... The starting lineup will be ter- determined not by how many laps, but by how many times each driver leads during this first 75-lap run. And, Ned, I think for 75 laps, won't they have to make one pit stop? Yes. In fact, they are required to make a green flag pit stop during that 75 laps. They can, if they're a caution flag, certainly they can stop any time they want to, but they are required to make a green flag pit stop, take on at least two tires during that green flag pit stop. So that will change the whole complexion of the race in itself. 20 drivers lining up tightly now as they work down toward Eli Gold in turn one. And obviously one of the stories today is the fact that number 25 is there on the front row. The Folgers Coffee Chevrolet, Tim Richmond at the wheel. Benny Parsons for this event is back in the Copenhagen Oldsmobile, the number 55 machine that he's driven in the past. The field motors past us as they get set for the start of the Winston. They head down that back straightaway, and they'll be in the vicinity of Dave Despain up at turns three and four. A new race format testing out a new track surface here in three and four. The banking here has been repaved, and it's been a real guessing game to try to get ahead of the track conditions. In the Winston Open that ran earlier today, we saw a lot of loose race cars down here on this very tacky surface. It's been an interesting transition from the old pavement as they go into turn three onto the new. It's a little bit of an unknown as you put your foot in it and peel off into there, and with the money that's on the line, there's no time to worry about it. You've got to gamble and get your hoof on the floor. Pace car will be peeling off the banking up in turn number four. They come down to the line, and the Winston is about to get the green flag here this afternoon. Two by two, they'll approach the line, and we are under green in the Winston. They come up through the gearbox, take it into turn number one, and Tim Richmond tries to get the lead with authority down in the number one corner. He's not going to be able to do it. Bill Elliott comes battling right back on the low side of the racetrack. The sun glistening off these highly prepared automobiles. Elliott leads off turn two. Richmond is second. It is three wide for third. Big move by Jeff Bodine down the backstretch. He comes under. Davey Allison brings Rusty Wallace with him. Allison gets pinched by Earnhardt. Earnhardt and Bodine go side by side for third. Bodine up towards the wall. He kicks Earnhardt. Earnhardt may have scraped the wall in four. Bodine is loose, straightens it back out, and that shuffles the deck. 
Waltrip climbs up to the sixth spot. Bonnet now fifth. Davey Allison fourth. Everybody straightened out and heading for one. The battle for fourth position now evaporates. Going into turn one, Neil Bonnet getting past his Huey Town neighbor, Davey Allison. It's Elliott, Richmond, Wallace, Bonnet, Bobby Allison, excuse me, Davey, and then Waltrip. Darrell Waltrip trying to make that charge at Davey Allison as they move up the backstretch out front. Elliott has pulled out to about an eight-car length advantage over the reborn Tim Richmond, back from a near deathbed to come back and race the Winston. Elliott leads. Six drivers are up in that lead draft. The rest of the field about a second behind. The leader is Elliott. Second, Tim Richmond. Third right now, Rusty Wallace. The battle is for fourth, and it's a hot one in turn one. It's a good one. It's on the low side of the racetrack. Still working hard as Davey Allison. He couldn't hold off the high bank challenge of Neil Bonnet. Neil comes off the corner, and Davey keeps it wound up down low. As they head down the backstretch, the most recent winner on the circuit, Davey Allison, scrambling to hold position. Bonnet cleanly in front of him as they move into turn three. Elliott leading by about 15 car lengths over the tight battle now of Tim Richmond and Rusty Wallace. Earnhardt had fallen from fourth to tenth. He's got one of those spots back. He's passed Betty Parsons. He's now ninth behind Bodine. Elliott the leader. Tim Richmond in second in turn one. Working in third spot is still Rusty Wallace. Fourth belongs to Bonnet. Fifth is Davey Allison. Waltrip is sixth. Seventh is Labonte. Bodine is eighth. And the cha challenge now from Earnhardt. Earnhardt, Earnhardt trying to come up the inside as they move down the backstretch. Those are the two cars that tangled at three and four on the first lap. Bodine took Earnhardt all the way up to the wall. Both cars are scraped. They battle for ninth and tenth. Earnhardt on the bottom can't get by. Tim Richmond has lost the number two position. Rusty Wallace has moved up into second spot. Dropping Richmond back to third. Back in fourth position. Neil Bonnet fifth right now. Davey Allison, six is Walker, back in turn one. We've given you the top ten so far. Eleventh is Benny Parsons. Richard Petty still runs in the twelfth spot. Thirteenth is Bobby Allison. Fourteenth, Morgan Shepard. Kyle Petty is fifteenth. Sixteenth, Ricky Rudd. Seventeenth is Harry Gantt. Eighteenth place a battle between Buddy Baker and Bobby Hillen Jr. with Kale and Kyle. Greg Sachs at the tail end of the field got involved in that Bodine and Alan, uh, Earnhardt incident earlier and apparently lost something on the race car. He's gone from midfield all the way to the tail end of the pack. Earnhardt has a look under Jeff Bodine at the start-finish stripe. We complete five laps this time. They're battling back there for about eighth position into turn one. And for the moment, they'll go single file. Everybody will. Then Earnhardt makes a move inside of Jeff Bodine, midway between one and two. Earnhardt works well on the low side of the racetrack and quickly picks off another spot. That's been the race of the day. Those two really battling on the backstretch. Bodine comes back on the outside. Entrance to turn three. Earnhardt drives it in a little deeper, and they are side by side once again. Oh, they bump again, and Earnhardt gets completely sideways. Straightens it back out. There's a traffic jam behind him. And Earnhardt is going to lose a couple of positions again. He drops back behind Jeff Bodine. He drops back behind Benny Parsons, and now Richard Petty is threatening to put him down even another spot, but that won't materialize. They're back in one. As the battle involves Richard Petty, goes into turn number one. Bobby Allison stays ahead of Richard Petty, and Earnhardt gets away from the situation by going high. At the back of the back, Cale Yarborough and Greg Sachs try to work around Bobby Hillen Jr. As they sort all that out in the back of the pack, let's note that Bill Elliott out front is making this thus far a rerun of last year. He is running away with the Winston. Bill Elliott comes to the stripe. He has a lead of 2.06 seconds, and he says no matter the distance, the game plan for him is the same. Everybody's going to run as hard as they can run to try to lead or whatever they got to do. That's going to be... You know, I don't see it any different in the open or any three of the segments we got to run.
That's what he's doing right now. He's 2.1 seconds ahead as Earnhardt has picked up a position. He's passed Benny Parsons as he heads for three. Once again, Earnhardt is going to have Bodine to contend with. That is the battle on the racetrack for eighth and ninth position. Bodine is about ten car lengths in front of Earnhardt. Elliott is the leader by a little better than two seconds. Rusty Wallace rides in the number two position, then Tim Richmond third, fourth Neil Bonnet, fifth Davey Allison, sixth is Darrell Walker. Good scramble going on back in the field right now between Ricky Rudd and Harry Gant. They'll go door to door off into turn one. They're back in 16th position where Ricky Rudd for the moment wins that battle taking the Ford Thunderbird higher into turn number one. But off the number two corner back there for 16th spot, Gant comes to the inside of Rudd. And let's note that right behind them rides Buddy Baker now 17th. He started tail end of the field after winning the Winston Open here this afternoon. He's moved up three spots. Elliott is cruising as he comes across to complete lap number nine. He's 2.4 seconds ahead of Rusty Wallace. Wallace has about eight car lengths on Tim Richmond, and then it's about three seconds back to Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet right now has company. He's not been able to pull away from Davey Allison, nor Darrell Waltrip, nor Terry Labonte. And at the same time, Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt beginning to tighten it up now as they, too, have caught what is now a six-car trap. I note that these hot conditions here today are not going to work in favor of Tim Richmond. After his long layoff with pneumonia, there is still some concern in Richmond camp about whether he may have tried to come back too early. He's currently third on the racetrack and looking strong. Well, Dave, let's check in with Harry Hyde, the crew chief on the car. Yes. Harry, he has dropped back one position. Is everything going okay? We started him a little bit loose, Ned, and uh, he just come on the radio and told me that the tires are beginning to come in now and they're feeling better, so uh, I think he can move back up. Well, that's one thing that we have seen here with the new pavement at Charlotte. Normally, if a car is loose, it'll stay that way and get worse. But with the new pavement there, they, it seems to tighten back up a little bit. So we'll see how it does work for Richmond. They'll complete 10 laps in the Winston this time by here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Greg Sachs has brought his car to pit road, but a scary moment just a second ago up in turns three and four to Dave Despain. Neil Bonnet on the outside of the racetrack as they were trying to scramble underneath him. The battle going on there with Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, and the Davey Allison all trying to move through, and Bonnet actually literally lost the race car. It got all the way to the wall. He bumped the wall, and that straightened him back out. A nice piece of driving to save the car, but he lost three positions in the exchange. Bill yes. As he got up there, Jeff Bodine dove underneath Darrell Waltrip, who had bumped Bonnet to precipitate the incident, and Bodine moved all the way up into the fourth spot at the time. Bill Elliott has now moved ahead by 3.4 seconds on the rest of the field. The rest of the field right now being Rusty Wallace and Tim Rickman riding in second and third. Then it's a good four seconds back to Jeff Bodine and Darrell Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt, and that's where the scramble is up in front of Dave Despain. Earnhardt trying to hold off Davey Allison, whose car really seems to be a come-and-go proposition. It was getting loose. He lost about four spots. Now it seems to have dialed in a little better, but he's getting challenged by Bonnet as they head off third four. They'll have to run down Bodine, and Bodine is starting to eat up the distance on the third-place car, Tim Richmond, as they get down into turn one. He's got a long way to go, though, and at the same time, with Waltrip and Earnhardt closing in on Jeff's rear flank, it's not going to be easy. A lot of tire smoke from the Earnhardt Wrangler machine again. Let's note that Richmond seems to have come to life. As Harry Hyde said, the tire's perhaps getting a little better dialed in. He's moving up and challenging Rusty Wallace for that second spot as Bodine pulls out about five lengths on Waltrip for fourth and fifth. Barney and Mike, you mentioned that Greg Sachs had come in for an unscheduled pit stop. They changed the right side tire. You mentioned that he had gone back near the end of the pack. Apparently had the tire leaking down and had no alternative to come in. He finds himself a lap down. We're in Davy Allison fifth with Joey Knuckles, the crew chief. Joey, he seems to be going backwards a little bit at this point. Well, Ned, Davy's complaining about the car being loose all the way around the racetrack. Uh, we'll get a caution in a little bit, and we got four tires we're going to put on her and put just a little bit of wedge on it. The racetrack's changed dramatically from the last time that we ran here yesterday, and you know, we're still learning. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. Okay, a lot of confidence still here in the Havoline pit. 
Bobby Allison continues to pick his way from about 14th position up toward the front of the pack, and Eli, he's having a good run. He is having an awfully good run right now going into turn number one. He works inside of Terry Lamonti. The lead is nearly four full seconds for Bill Elliott over the rest of the pack as they work turn two. Meanwhile, a challenge down the backstretch now as Neil Bonnet comes to life and gets up beside his old hunting buddy Dale Earnhardt. They are battling currently for the sixth spot. Earnhardt drives into three a little deeper, holds on to that spot. All right, he's talking about uh, the tire smoke off of Dale Earnhardt's car. Talking to Richard Childers. Richard, uh, they say the tires are smoking something. Yeah, it's pushing coming off the corner real bad. Uh, Might have knocked the toe in out in that little first miss out there. That's what they got that 10-minute stop for to fix that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we'll get her fixed. All right. Well, that is one big advantage for the teams here this afternoon. All they need to do is keep it in the lead lap, and once they get that 10-minute break, they can make about any kind of adjustments they want. Neil Bonnet and Dale Earnhardt are side-by-side again going into turn three. Once again, Bonnet dives in low, but Earnhardt taking the middle of the racetrack is able to run it in just a little bit deeper and holds Neil at bay for the moment, and in fact comes out of the corner and puts Bonnet clearly behind him. Earnhardt took the spot, and he is scrabbling for anything he gets here this afternoon. With a four-second lead, Bill Elliott, as we're coming up on 20 laps in the opening segment of the win, Winston. Rusty Wallace is second. Tim Richmond, just a car length behind Wallace, in third. Jeff Bodine is fourth. Darrell Waltrip settled into fifth. Earnhardt's now sixth. Neil Bonnet is seventh. Davey Allison is eighth. Bobby Allison is ninth. Ricky Rudd up to tenth. Eleventh, Terry Labonte. Back in twelfth, Benny Parsons. Back in the thirteenth spot, that would be Richard Petty. And in fourteenth would be Harry Gant. Morgan Shepard is fifteenth. Sixteenth is Buddy Baker. Seventeenth is Kale. And then a lap down, eighteenth would be Greg Sachs and 19th toward the back of the pack would be Bobby Hillen. Field continues to work around here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with 21 laps complete. Remember now that first stop will come at lap number 75. We pause 10 seconds on the Motor Racing Network for station identification. Bill Elliott continues to pull away at this juncture of the Winston here this afternoon. He is now 4.6 seconds, and they're beginning to reel him in about a tenth of a second, but the way he is getting around this racetrack, he seems to have the car that works at both ends of the speedway. Down in one and two, he can go right down to the bottom of the racetrack, and Dave Despain up in your end of the racetrack, if he needs to work traffic there, high or low, he can do it. He can pick his spot, and that's the beauty of any race car on any racetrack. When you've got it working right, you can go where you want to, you can go where you need to. You're not fighting the race car, and you turn good lap times, lap after lap and you just run away from everybody. 12th spot just changed hands. Richard Petty's STP Pontiac moved up and around the outside of his son's uh, Sitgo Thunderbird. That's Kyle Petty. Kyle will drop back to 13th, and Harry Gant will put a little pressure on him for that position as they roll off into turn number one, and we've completed 23 laps here of this opening 75-lap segment. So as the field kind of well strings out at this juncture of the race here in the Winston this afternoon, it'll give us a moment to chat with the senior executive vice president of the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, Mr. Clyde Fitzgerald. First off, let me be one of the first to congratulate you folks on the program you've put together here this weekend. You've got to be delighted. Thank you, Barney. We're very, we are very delighted. This has been a great uh, afternoon of racing. The Winston Open was fantastic. All of these fans that are out here filling the grandstands, to see the greatest in motorsports racing race in this very special all-star event of the Winston Cup Series racing. We're very delighted. Well, you were telling me yesterday that you'd been a longtime race fan, although you have not been able to go to that many Winston Cup races of recent. No, I've spent the last six years uh, with our company in Latin America, so I haven't been able to see any of the good NASCAR Winston Cup races. But I've been involved with our company, with our activities in the Winston NASCAR uh, series since 1970 and I've been watching racing myself since about 1955 so I've been around racing a long time. We're wondering down in South America are they aware of this sport down there? I'm sure they are. Oh they're they're aware of it but they see different types of racing in Latin America and nothing like this and they're missing out on a great thing. 
The fans had a good response for the Winston this afternoon. You guys put on a great pre-race show. It's something different every time we go. The, the inaugural one here at Charlotte was a success. The one in Atlanta last year was a little bit different deal, and then you come back with a format this year. You had a chance to talk to all of the drivers, and there was a lot of negative criticism about the format in the beginning. But I think by race time today, they're all saying, hey, this is going to work. I think they are. Yes, there's been a lot of comment about the format. But, you know, when you put on the best show in the world for 29 weeks a year, which is what the NASCAR Winston Cup Series is, we wanted to do something special, something different, something exciting for the race fans. We designed this format for the fans. The drivers, uh, they're certainly here. We put up $600,000 at their racing for this afternoon, and the winner of this three-segment uh, event is going to come away with $200,000. So this, they have an interest. They comment about the format of it, but this race is for the fans. And looking around here today at the tens of thousands of people that came out for this race, they're interested in seeing it, and what they're getting a chance to see is some real racing. Well, I can see about 15 drivers out there right now that are going to thank you when the day's over because they could use that 10-minute break right now instead of 50 laps from now. <laughs> it looks like they could. But, you know, we got uh, Bill Elliott out there. And when Winston puts up money for a race, Bill Elliott is always in it. He was the winner of the Winston Million last year, and he's the defending champion in the Winston. And he's been on the lead since this race started. He looks like he's got his hand right in your pocket right now. <laughs> he's kind of like the old Silver Fox used to be, David Pearson. When they put the money up, David would get the job done. Elliot's pretty much in the same cut. He's there to race. He's one of the greatest. Well, we understand there's just, what, about 59,000, somewhere upwards of 60,000 folks here this Nearly afternoon? 60,000 fans here. Those that couldn't get here today are missing a great event of racing. Well, I know you folks want to get back downstairs and watch the conclusion of this in that last 10 laps. I'll make all our hair stand on end. It's going to be the greatest 10 laps in the history of motorsports. Thank you, Barney. Appreciate it. That's Mr. Clyde Fitzgerald from the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Bill Elliott continues to make a shambles of the field right now. He's padded his lead to about 5.5 seconds and continues to get around this racetrack. But, Dick Brooks, just because you're good at one stage of this race doesn't mean you're going to be all day long. Well, it's like Richard Chiller said a while ago. Dale uh, got mixed up a little bit a while ago and got bumped and got into the wall. And uh, there's a very good possibility that they bent the, uh, the toe in just a little bit. They come in and fix that. They're going to have a whole new race car. And I think everybody else is going to do the same thing. They're going to make those little bit of adjustments and uh, they're going to be a whole lot closer to, to uh, Elliott when, when they restart. 30 laps are complete here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's 45 away from that first 10-minute break that they'll take a little bit later this afternoon. We'll be back at Charlotte in a moment. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There, you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. At the Charlotte Motor Speedway in the running of the Winston, and Davey Allison has a problem. He is on pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Maybe this is his schedule pit stop, Barney. they got to make a green flag pit stop. He's taking on right side tires, and they'll adjust the stagger on it, having a little trouble getting the right front tire off. Joey Knuckles doing the changing on that. They fill it up with Unical gasoline, clean the grill, and get him ready to go back out. They do in about 15 minutes. So 
He has made his green flag pit stop, and I was wondering a moment ago why some of those that are having problems, why don't they go ahead and come in and make that green flag pit stop, make that adjustment instead of just losing time on the racetrack. So maybe that's what Davey Allison just did. Second place changes hands in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine working with race traffic, a factor around a couple of cars, including Rusty Wallace and Tim Richmond. Rusty Wallace was running second. He had Rick Hendrick's entire Chevrolet dealership, Jeff Bodine, Tim Richmond, and Darrell Waltrip, all three of the Hendrick cars surrounding him. Traffic the factor as Bodine comes out with second. Richmond is now third, Wallace fourth, and Waltrip fifth. That's a good race also right there in that stage as they work back into turn number one. Those four cars just about a car length apart there in front of Eli Gold. That pass would have happened a couple of laps ago, but that time by Bobby Hillen Jr., who had gone a lap down, was on the inside lane, and that prevented the pass from being made off turn two. They made it last time by. Up at the other end of the racetrack, about six seconds ahead of all that, Bill Elliott is about to overlap Cale Yarborough. Bodine will hang on to the third spot against the advances of Richmond, and now it is uh, Rusty Wallace settled into that fourth spot for the moment, and he'll try to fend off Darrell Waltrip. Halfway in this opening 75 lap segment as Dale Earnhardt works his way past the lapped car of Greg Sachs. Uh, Dave Despain mentioned the Hendrick cars a moment ago. Benny Parsons is driving the Hendrick Folgers car for the season, but not here at the Winston. Tim Richmond is behind the wheel of that car with Harry Hyde, the crew chief, and Benny is driving for the Jackson brothers in the Copenhagen car. That's for today only. Things will revert back to the way they've been all season next week for the Coke 600. If you're wondering what the situation was with Dale Earnhardt right now, he got caught up in that shuffle early in the race this afternoon, lost a lot of ground, and now Bill Elliott is about nine seconds, just a little better than nine seconds ahead of Earnhardt, who currently rides in the sixth position. That scramble again for the third spot is a pretty good one from third on back, from second on back, actually is down in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine, Tim Richmond, Rusty Wallace, and Darrell Waltrip with Earnhardt closing. They're taking basically the same lines, a groove and a half up off the bottom of the track. Tim Richmond has obviously lost none of the aggressive style that won him seven races last year. He's been right in there, elbow and shoving, mixing it up with the best of them. Scrambled around in second spot, lost second, and now he's been back into the third spot behind his teammate Jeff Bodine. But looking good out there. Well, as far as his ability, Tim says he feels like, as far as racing ability, like he never left. So far, I, you know, it seems like I ran Riverside last week and got the trophy, and, and I'm here this week. It really does. I, either, I, I might be trying to block out the last three or four months. I don't know, but uh, I don't feel like I've had any layoff at all. I really don't. He's racing like he hasn't had any layoff at all, Barney. He's edge right here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway looks awfully good right now. We've seen him in a couple of tight traffic situations, and he's been able to handle it pretty well. Here he comes down to the line as the leader works off into turn number one. Jeff Bodine and Tim Richmond get a little bit closer together down in turn one. The interesting thing is that Bill Elliott is not running quite as low on the racetrack here in one and two as are the other cars. Elliott's a good groove and a half up from the bottom. The other car's a whole lot closer to the white line, but Bill's just pulling off. Similar situation up here in three and four, and you begin to wonder, given the format, the fact that this is really a heat race, that Bill Elliott continues to just stomp away. He has not cracked the throttle a bit. He is extending his lead with every lap, and there's really no advantage in that because when they stop this race, he's going to be right back there with the pack. Meanwhile, about midfield, Dale Earnhardt is living what he called his worst nightmare about what would be the running of the race, that he'd get stuck back in the middle of the pack. And they're going to base it on how many times you leave. Well, you might not leave but one time. You might not get your car working until the, the end deal, and you, and you get to the front then, and then the 10-lap segment, they stick you in the back. That ain't too good a deal. I mean, you know, you work like heck all, all day long to get there, and then they stick you in the rear. So, you know, I don't, I don't really go for that, but uh, I don't think there'll be that many leaders in a, this short of a race. Well, he's right about that. There's been only one, and it's Bill Elliott, and Earnhardt has had to fend off Jeff Bodine and now play catch-up. 
And if he keeps running like he is, there's only going to be one leader that first 75 laps away it's looking right now, and that will be Bill Elliott. A little bit further back in the field, three cars that are not getting around this racetrack at all to their liking would be Terry Labonte, Morgan Shepard, and Buddy Baker, who won the Winston Open earlier here this afternoon to get a starting spot in the Winston. Those cars are really having some problems in the corners, but as we said, once they get back into the pits, they can make some adjustments. They may be the, the cream of the crop. Who knows? Marty, I've been checking the speed on Buddy Baker. We commented during the Winston Open that he was running consistently around 3260 to 3280 uh, seconds per lap. Now he's over to the 33 second bracket, around 3308 to 3310, which is about four tenths of a second slower than he was running before. I'm going to go down and check with his pit crew there and just see what the difference is. And perhaps Dick Brooks, too. Some of these teams that are running toward the back of the pack, Ned brought up a very interesting point a bit ago. Why haven't they stopped yet? This race is more than half old. They have to make a green flag pit stop. Here comes one now as one of the Valvoline cars peels off the banking. Neil Bonnet will make his appearance on pit road for his green flag stop. But, so, well, some of these cars could have used a stop. It looked like Barney about lap 10. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good gamble. It's just like Neil now, if he stops... He's, uh, they're just putting on two tires. Uh, don't seem to be having any problem. They're cleaning, the, cleaning off the grill, give him a little drink, and uh, getting ready to send him on his way. It's a pretty good stop. But they, uh, now that he goes back out, you've got to remember he's a lap down. So if a caution comes out now, he is completely lapped. Now, somebody like Theo Yarbrough that's already been lapped on the racetrack, and they knew they were going to get lapped if they didn't come in in a few laps, that might have been all right. But uh, if you're running right in the middle and you come in and pit, a few laps later, caution goes out, then you're a lap down, and uh, it's going to be difficult to make up. But one of the things, I think like with uh, Buddy Baker, he may be running three or four tenths slower, but he doesn't have the whole racetrack to run with the way he did when he was leading a while ago. He's having to follow a couple cars that are only running that fast, and maybe it's in a position where he can't get by them. So uh, in a lot of cases, that happens to you. I think uh, Earnhardt was kind of mentioning something similar to that. You get caught in traffic. Uh, even though there's nobody around you really except one or two cars in front of you if you can't get by them you have to run their speed so if you can get by them then you can go ahead and run your own speed so that may be what's happening to baker good point let's check with doug richard the crew chief on it doug he's running about four tenths of a second slower than he was in the winston open is there a difference well right now the car's just a little bit on the tight side uh, we're gonna have to make a green flag stop sometime here in this first 75 lap segment so we're going to switch the stagger around a little bit, and hopefully that'll improve it. Bill's running awful strong, and he's coming up behind us. Are you going to wait until you run pretty close out on fuel before you make that stop? Well, yeah, I'm going to try and go as long as I can, uh, unless I start falling off real bad on time, but I, get a, I just about have to pit. Okay, that's Doug Richard, crew chief for Buddy Baker. Terry Labonte has broken out of that four-car draft. He was riding along there in and, uh, and now begins to reel in up a little closer to the front of the pack here this afternoon. To give you an idea of how quick Elliott is getting around this racetrack, we've clocked him the last two or three laps around. He's averaging about 32.4 seconds, which is not a whole lot slower than they qualified here. They qualified about 31.80-something, so he is really setting a blistering pace. Now, the thing that is in his favor, as Ned pointed out and some of our other turn people did, he is out all by himself. He doesn't have that much traffic to work. He can pick his own line through the corners, run pretty much in clean air, so to speak, and that will make a big difference of at least a couple of a hundred seconds, and that's exactly what's happening here this afternoon. But in fairness to his team, they have done their homework, and they have that car dialed in. I think he'd running, be running pretty close to that if he was right in the middle of traffic. Well, we were talking about that a while ago, and Baker was running behind Labonte and uh, another car or two during traffic and stuff, and he couldn't do anything with them. He couldn't pass them or anything. Then he got caught in some traffic and fell back behind Labonte, and now he's about to run him back down. So he can run quicker if he can just get in the front, I think, or get by himself. 
At 50 laps, Elliott has a lead of nearly 10 seconds. Jeff Bodine has moved up into the second slot. Tim Richmond is third. In fourth now is Dale Earnhardt. He's passed Rusty Wallace, the fifth-place car. Darrell Waltrip is sixth. Ricky Rudd has moved up into the seventh position. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Ninth is Benny Parsons. Tenth is Harry Gant. Eleventh is Richard Petty. Twelfth is Kyle. Thirteenth would be Terry Labonte. Back in fourteenth, they're posting Buddy Baker. We'll be right back. A lot of the cars are on pit road. First, let's go to Ned. Well, Dale Earnhardt, a little different strategy on the Ranger crew there. They put on their cars, and they did it in about 13 and a half seconds. Jimmy Parsons was in also in about 13 and three-tenth seconds. He changed right side tires, or his crew did. Bobby Allison's crew had a problem with the, one of the lug wrenches, had to go back and get another one. He was in for 22 and a half seconds. Jim Richmond in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet slides to a stop. They go to the right side on that car to change the tires, and they're filling up with Unical Gallon. Celine, and down in front of Dick Brooks is Harry Gant. Harry Gant's then they're going to uh, make a left side tire change on his car. They made right side on Bill Elliott's, and uh, as Ned uh, pointed out, the uh, Ringer car, they made left side tire change on it. That's uh, a little bit of a strategy that uh, we may see what happens here after a while. I looked at uh, the tires on the Wrangler car, and I could see the right rear, and it didn't seem to be uh, worn any more than the left side was, but they just chose to change left side tires. We'll see what happens to it. Richard Petty pulling off the banking up in turn number four will bring the STP Pontiac on a pit road along with Cale Yarborough in the Hardy's machine. Rusty Wallace is in. Here comes Buddy Baker on the pit road, and that will just about take care of everybody except Bobby Hillen. And now he's peeling off the banking up in turn number four and will drop on a pit road. And Jeff Bodine will be the last of the cars to make a pit stop here as he drops into pit road two. Let's go back to Ned. Barney, Tim Richard a good pit stop from Harry Hyde and the crew. A little under 12 seconds it took them to change the tires, two right side tires. Buddy Baker just made a good pit stop in about 14 seconds. But as Tim Richmond was going out, Terry the body was coming in. We almost saw a crash there, but both of them were heads up. Now everybody takes off, so did Bobby Hillen, so that should be the green flag service for the, all of them on this uh, segment of the race. Kyle Petty will get a chance to lead. The Wood Brothers have left him on the speedway. If he's not made a stop, that would certainly be a bonus for the Wood Brothers and Kyle. Remember, starting lineup for the next segment of this race depends on how many times you lead the race, not how many laps. And just by going in front for one lap, it'll put Kyle up near the head of the pack as he now brings the Wood Brothers car to the pit lane. So he has led this race once, and Bill Elliott has led the race once also here this afternoon. And Morgan Shepard brings his car, the Quaker State Buick, onto pit road for scheduled service. Now remember, there will be another stop coming up at lap number 75. So, Ned, if they make a mistake right now, don't put something on the car or make an adjustment on the car that's a little out of kilter. Probably they'll be able to live with it and remain on the lead lap until lap number 75. And then they get a 10-minute break, and they can really do some serious adjusting. Yes, they can, Barney, and they all look forward to that because you pointed out several of them needed some adjustments, and many of them will make some adjustments during these tire changes. They do it in the stagger of the tires. They don't have to put a reason to do that nowadays. They just change the stagger of the tire. That is the size of the tire once they pump it up, and that makes a difference in how the car handles on the racetrack. Good pit stop for Kyle Petty. The wood the car, a little under 14 seconds for him. Earnhardt is flying. He went past Tim Richmond like he was stopped and now goes to work on Rusty Wallace. Works inside of Rusty Wallace, goes by him. Darrell Waltrip trying to make that same move inside of Wallace. Rusty comes down off the banking of turn two to cover the spot. Got a little too crowded there for Darrell. No place for him to go, but Earnhardt is quick. He drove around those guys like there was no tomorrow. When they brought the car in, it was an average length pit stop. Richmond made that very quick stop, and yet when they got back out onto the racetrack, Earnhardt was able to just drive right by him. And one thing that might have helped there, Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip both took on left side tires, so maybe that was the tip. 
After the pit stop, Bill Elliott, the race leader. Jeff Bodine rides in the second spot. Earnhardt has now moved up to third. Going to fourth is Darrell Waltrip. He moves around Rusty Wallace. Tim Richmond is sixth, and Ricky Rudd would be seventh. That's unofficial the way we have it here in the broadcast booth. Well, NASCAR is indicating on the scoreboard that Elliott is indeed the leader, and he's taken up right where he left off after that first round of pit stops as he takes him back off into turn number one, just about a straightaway. Separate him now from the rest of the field, and as we said a moment ago, the rest of the field being Jeff Bodine in the number two spot down in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine has managed to pull away from everybody else that were chasing him. As a matter of fact, let's get a clock on him. He's got to have a good 10 seconds or so at least on the rest of the field. Dale Earnhardt, Waltrip, Wallace, Tim Richmond, and Ricky Rudd. Good advantage there. That continues to be a good battle for the third position, but it's a full five seconds behind Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt hanging on to that third spot, but look here. Here comes Darrell Waltrip up the inside, and those two who have had a tussle or two in their days are about to get back at it again. Pretty good scramble among those two as they come trouble up in the middle of three and four. Car into the wall, spinning, sliding. It looks like Greg Sachs, who's had trouble all day, and Richard Petty comes along and smacks him. Both cars sliding down onto the concrete apron. It started with Sachs getting loose, breaking loose, and going up. Check that. It is the other 75 car, the 75 car of Neil Bonnet, and Richard Petty caught him a lick, and both cars are now out of the race. Bonnet is down, stopped on the apron. Petty makes it to pit road. Richard is limping down pit road on the right side, the right front of that car. The sheet metal is really ripped away as he's trying to get into his pits, and we'll get a word there in just a moment as if he'll be able to continue. He may decide to go right onto the garage, and that's exactly what he is going to do. Meanwhile, Greg Sachs's car, let's make that Neil Bonnet's car, sits on the apron again for an update. Let's go back to Dave Despain. It was indeed the Neil Bonnet car that was involved, and let's make that very clear. The safety cruiser there with him quickly. The two Valvoline cars painted identically. The 75 of Neil Bonnet with the blue and white colors now rumpled up a little bit. It was not Greg Sachs. Sachs continues on the racetrack. The crews are with Neil Bonnet. As they came through the corner, Bonnet got loose and got up into the wall. Richard Petty, in trying to avoid him, went up and cracked the concrete a good lick. And as they came down off the corner, Petty was able to limp onto pit road. But the Bonnet car is stopped with heavy damage. And Barney Hall, as they came back to the start-finish line, Morgan Shepard and Bobby Allison, who had made long pit stops. Allison, at least, had made a long pit stop. Morgan was about to be lapped on the racetrack. In fact, had been. They both passed Bill Elliott as they came off of the fourth turn, so that should put them back in the lead lap. We're going to see some pit stops coming up right now. Benny Parsons has brought his car back to pit road along with Davey Allison, and they'll take advantage of this if they miss the adjustment just a moment ago as we're under the first caution flag of the day in the Winston here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We'll be back in a minute. I think the scariest moment I ever had was at Darlington in 1959. Bush, the official beer of NASCAR, presents one of the legends of the sport, Junior Johnson. The car was very, very fast, and it had a lot of things in it we didn't really know about. And it broke a right, right rear axle, and it went over the wall and plumb out of the racetrack on the outside. It landed on the outside of the racetrack. All of a sudden, it's bam, and you're turning over and whatever, and you don't have time to think about it. When that thing went up and over and out of that racetrack, it felt like it was going to be forever before it hit the ground and you had time to... As the official beer of NASCAR, Bush is proud to salute Junior Johnson and all the men who followed their dreams to greatness and helped to make this sport what it is today. Because at Bush, we've always believed in pursuing that dream of being the best. That's uh, probably, if I was ever scared in a race car, the worst I was ever scared in one. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Let's go to the garage area and Dick Brooks. Richard, you're just pointing at something up on the window there. What was that? I, man, I don't know. When uh, the 50 blew and uh, I went high and then he went high and I went low and he come low and I tried to get back around him, couldn't quite make it and run in the oil and just, you know, busted the front end and the back end. 
Something come through the window there. I don't know what that is. You, you all right, though, huh? Yeah, I'm all right. Just a little disappointed, naturally, you know. But okay. uh, we weren't running that good. We weren't running that bad, really, with a couple of adjustments. We would have been able to run with seven, eight of them up there, so we'd have been in pretty good shape. You're the first one we've talked to about the track surface. What, what do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, just about. When, I, when the race started, my car was loose, and I found me another groove okay. Okay. and worked real good for a while, and then the car got to pushing. And so then I had to hit in between from high to low yeah, and finally yeah, got it working there. pretty good. Yeah, it's hard to get in the middle sometimes, thank you. It is so hard at Charlotte Motor Speedway, as we've pointed out a couple of times today, at the heat factor, the hotter the sun gets on this racing surface, it really changes, and it's, it's a lot of it is total guesswork and hoping you're hitting the right setup. Some of them are, some of them are not. Well, Dave Despain, don't feel bad, confusing Greg Sachs with Neil Bonnet, if Richard Petty did, and he had the bird's eye view of the car right in front of him. Those two cars are painted, of course, uh, just identically. They're helping Neil Bonnet out of the Raymock Valvoline Pontiac right now. Safety workers are on the scene, and we'll have a report for you from up uh, in that vicinity, or rather from uh, the track infield care center, uh, just as soon as we can. 66 laps are complete here in this first 75-lap segment of the Winston. Two weeks from today, MRN is on the air at Dover, Delaware. The Budweiser 500, Bush Bowl qualifying there, happens Saturday, May 30th, along with the Bud 200 for the Bush Grand National Series cars. MRN airtime, two weeks from today, is 12 noon Eastern, up at Dover, Delaware, with the Budweiser 500. In June, we'll be at Indianapolis Raceway Park with the Bush Grand National Series, the Kroger 200, Saturday night, June 6th, Sunday, June 14th, with the Winston Cup Tour at Pocono for the Miller 500, and in June 21st, Riverside International Raceway plays host to the Winston Cup cars in the Budweiser 400. June 28th, the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway. You can catch all those events right here on Motor Racing Network, but wouldn't it be much nicer to be there in person and see Winston Cup racing live? Why not call up tomorrow and reserve your tickets for the upcoming event near you? From the Charlotte Motor Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway working the first caution of the day. Came out on lap number 64. Neil Bonnet apparently blew an engine up there, according to Richard Petty, and got in a little trouble, and Richard, trying to get around him, ended up in the wall and has put him out of the race along with Neil Bonnet. So we'll lose two of the top competitors in the 20 that are in the Winston here this afternoon. For a quick update, let's go back to turn four. Well, the speedy drive does uh, confirm that story, Barney, and we want to make that clear. We had been watching Neil Bonnet, and his car had been handling a little badly. He was having some of the loose problem that uh, has been confronting a, a number of these drivers all day long, and his seemed to be particularly bad, and we didn't want to speculate about the cause of that crash right off the bat because the car had been loose, and we thought it might have just gotten away from him, but indeed, it did blow the engine, as Richard said, and as the speedy dry confirms, and so Neil Bonnet was really helpless as he took that ride, driver's side first into the outside retaining wall behind him, the scramble for Petty, and we know the rest of the story. Well, Dick Brooks has been in contact with the Raymock team, and they have talked to their driver over the two-way radio. Dick? Well, they talked to him, and they've got him out. He's just now going into the into the hospital, and uh, we'll see if we can get some sort of report here in a minute. They said something said something about his legs was hurting, so I don't know I don't know what the problem is. We'll look and see. They're still working caution as the field comes by the start finish line. Harold Kinder does not give them an indication that they'll go back to green. At least it'll be one more lap under caution as they're circulating around the Charlotte Motor Speedway. If you just joined our broadcast, we're in the final segment of the big weekend here at Charlotte Motor Speedway running the Winston, and we've lost two of the top competitors in it, Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty. Mike? Pocono Raceway, I'd like you to be their guest and get round-trip airfare on Piedmont Airlines and their new sweepstakes. You'll stay for three days and two nights at the Penn Hills Resort, a luxury couples-only facility. Have $500 in spending money. Get an old Pocono Pace car to drive for race weekend. Two tickets in Pocono's exclusive Victory Circle Club. You'll give the command to start the engines, be interviewed on MRN, and participate in driver's introductions. To I, win that, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I uh, uh, standing here in the, in the uh, hospital, and uh, they're putting a, a neck brace on him and, and his legs, but I said, uh, you okay? And he nodded his head. Yeah, he'd, he'd be okay. So uh, 
Uh, they're, they're tending to him now, but he looks like he's going to be all right. They're just going to uh, uh, put some stretches on him stuff for precautions, I think. I'll let you, I'll let you know in a minute. Well, that's good news on, uh, on Neil Bonnet's condition. We'll get an up, further update in a moment from the track hospital and from Dick Brooks. Now, to win that Pocono sweepstakes, all you need to do is send the winner and the average speed of their June 14th Miller 500 up to Pocono sweepstakes, Box 500, Long Pond, Pennsylvania. Your entry must be postmarked before Wednesday, June 10th, and results will be announced on the Miller 400 broadcast Sunday, June 28th. If you're attending either of those events, you can uh, redeem your ticket for some discounts. If you're flying in on Piedmont Airlines, just bring along your boarding pass and get discounts on Friday or Saturday admissions. For further sweepstakes details, call Motor Racing Network Monday through Friday in Daytona Beach. For any update on the pit activity, let's go to Ned. Several cars came in, including Benny Parsons, uh, Terry Labonte, Bobby Allison, and Morgan Shepard, and changed four tires during this caution, Barney. I was a little surprised that more of them didn't come in since they had only changed two tires on the green flag pit stops. But as we pointed out before, the tire situation is not as critical here as it has been in the past. The new tires don't run faster than the tires that are used, so they chose to stay out there. Most of them did, and, of course, they got enough fuel to go the rest of the way. Field just going out of turn number two down the middle of the back straightaway as they continue to adjust on these cars this afternoon, but they're going to have to do a lot of twisting on everything down there to catch up to the way Elliott's been getting around this racetrack, but we could see that happen. They're forming up for a restart over in turn number three. There are five cars that are a lap off the pace at this juncture of the Winston this afternoon. Buddy Baker will be the first car down on the inside along with leader Bill Elliott. No doubt he will try to get his lap back as they put him back under green here. Bobby Hillen Jr. is a lap down. So is Cale Yarborough. So is Davey Allison. And so is Greg Sachs. Up to turn four. Well, let's keep in mind now that if anybody can get around Bill Elliott and lead a lap here, they're going to be on equal footing with Elliott. The number of times you lead is the key. They're looking for the break as they come off turn four. Elliott's not going to let anybody get back on the lead lap. Waltrip gives Bodine a little shove here in the trioval as they go back to turn number one and try to climb up and catch that fleet forward. Everybody stays single file. Earnhardt closes right in on the rear deck of Darrell Waltrip. The cars who were a lap down are now at least back on fifth spot in line. As they hit the backstretch, Elliott's jump amounts to a couple of car lengths over Bodine. It's three back to Darrell Waltrip riding in the third spot. Earnhardt will test him on the bottom as the hit turns three and four. There's nothing there. Earnhardt stays in fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. Doesn't look like Elliott's going to be able to shake anybody as they put him back under green here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Jeff Bodine is about a half a car length back, hanging right in that tight draft along with Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, and Rusty Wallace. They're back in one. Closing in on the first segment's conclusion, the front four cars, now the front five as Rusty Wallace also bursts free of race traffic, staying single file. Davey Allison's car has not come up to speed. He's limping down in turn number one with an obvious problem. He was a lap down anyway. Further back in the field, we've got sixth place belonging to Tim Richmond. Seventh is Ricky Rudd making a challenge on him from eighth spot is Harry Gant who gets real loose, slips and slides around, gathers it back up. Gant's car wiggled all over turn number four before coming out of the corner straight. Behind him comes Terry Labonte, Kyle Petty, Morgan Shepard and then Benny Parsons all on the lead lap. Leaders are up in two. And still, as Phil Elliott shows the way, Bodine seems to be closing in to try and make a quick move to at least lead once. That's the key. you got to get around Bill Elliott and lead the race once. Two men have led this race, Bill Elliott, by a bundle on one occasion. Clearly the strongest car out there at that juncture. Kyle Petty led it once by staying out longer on the green flag pit stop. It's just inches between Elliott and Bodine. 
back to the start-finish line, and they're getting the white flag, meaning they will come on to pit road for that 10-minute mandatory stop here in just a few minutes as they whirl back into turn number one. I don't think we'll see any change there, but Bodine may try and get around Elliott before they get back to the line as they work out of turn number two and head up to three. Well, if he's going to do it, he's got to do it right now. Bill Elliott peels it off into turn number three. About a car length separation. Bodine eats up most of that. Elliott's sticking to the bottom of the racetrack this time. Most of the race, he's run in the middle. They're out of turn four for the dash down to the wire. Thought Bodine would try it up high, but he'll draft tightly off Elliott back to the line. Elliott will win it. Bodine is second. Waltrip is third. Fourth is Earnhardt. Fifth, Rusty Wallace. Sixth is Tim Richmond. Seventh, Harry Gant. Eighth will be Ricky Rudd. And ninth will be Kyle Petty. That looks like Terry Labonte. The tenth place car, Morgan Shepard back in the 11th position, and Betty Parsons back about 12th. Those cars all finishing up this first segment on the lead lap. The three drivers that led during this first 75-lap segment, again, unofficially, Bill Elliott led twice from the drop of the green flag, and then again after his pit stop. When he pitted, Jeff Bodine took over the lead for a couple of laps, and when Bodine pitted, Kyle Petty assumed the front spot before he the last car made his pit stop. So those three are have to be up at the head of the class when they drop the green flag on the next 50-lap segment. Well, now here comes the whole field on the pit road, and it's going to be interesting as we'll sit here in the tower along with our pit reporters and watch what happens down there. Let's go to Ned. Ned, I think we may see some adjustments on some of these cars, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think you would either, if we don't see a lot on Bill Elliott's and a couple of the others that are running that well. No, I doubt if we will see that much because he was running so well. The reason Davey Allison had slowed there at the end, of course, he's came out there and, and toughed it out. The right rear tire was going flat on that car. Of course, they'll have an opportunity to put four new tires. I think we will see all of them put new tires on them. Now, they, the clock didn't start until the last car came by the scorer stand by Morris Metcalf, the chief scorer for NASCAR Winston Cup Racing. And the, the clock started then 10 minutes, and they can go to work on them and do what they can or what they will. And Davey Allison's car, of course, they're putting four tires on it now. Benny Parsons' car, they got the hood up on it. They'll check the oil and the water and be sure that everything's okay. But I doubt if we see any real major changes, especially on those that were running up front. Now, Bill Elliott did such a good job running out in front of for most of this 75-lap segment. But he said yesterday, he said, they may try something completely different for the first two segments of this race. Of course, Elliott's his own chassis man, but he won't be able to crawl out and jump under the car with just 10 minutes to work on it. Well, I think I'm going to let Ivan do that. We're going to decide in the morning you know, exactly which way we're going to go and maybe think about going in each direction as far as what we're going to do with the race car. And then determine after the first 75 laps what we're going to do for the next 50 and then for the last 10. And then hopefully find a balance right in the middle for that last 10 laps. So, Barney, if there's a balance, I think they had it right from the start. Well, it's obvious that they are. In fact, there's not that much activity around his car right now. We'll be back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in a moment. We're back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and as we told you, that 10-minute break is going on on pit road. And for a quick update, let's first go to Ned Jarrett. Well, we're in uh, Rusty Wallace, the Kodiak pits, and he is out of the car, and uh, they have a fan running here in the pit, so it's a good break for him as he talks to Jimmy Maycar, his chassis expert. They're talking about what changes they're going to make on the car. Rusty was telling him he's doing something in the, in the turn. Rusty, are you going to make some major changes on it? No, no major changes. Some tire stagger and a little more timing and a... Uh, and just a little uh, height adjustment on the right front, you know, just going to work. It's just spinning the tires going into turn one. We've got to try to figure that out. Now, this is an unusual type of a break. You get out here and get the fan to run and get to cool off, get something to drink. Pretty nice. Yeah, we just, all, when you're running this hard, you just got to try to get your head back together, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Okay, good luck to you. Okay, thank you. How about Ricky Rudd? Ricky, you said uh, your car's tightening up on you? Well, Dick, we started the first couple laps, and the car was a little loose, and uh, the more we ran, the tighter the car got, which... I don't believe I've ever experienced that before on a racetrack. Very seldom do you ever go to a racetrack, and the more laps you run, the tighter the car gets, the more comfortable it gets. And 
uh, at one stage during the race, we were actually running Elliott down about a tenth of a second a lap. We were on the other side of the racetrack, but the car got faster and faster. Then we came in and changed tires, and it slowed it back up again. This is a little bit early to ask this. I guess we probably should do it on the next stop. What does a stop do to you like this, or what do you think it's doing? You, you, you've got to get down off the high and then uh, think about getting back up again. Well, the way our car was running, it was, it was set up to run like a, a 200 laps. If we'd have run 200 miles straight, we'd have been sitting in real good shape because our car got better. Uh, with these short sprint races, it gives the other guys that, that cars went away as they ran, gives them a chance to get stronger and stronger. Uh, so we're going to have to make some chassis adjustments to compensate to try to be fast, you know, as the 10 laps, as we come into that 10 laps. We need to run fast right away. All right, Barney. I think that uh, there's two or three of them said that their cars is getting tighter and tighter, and uh, uh, that was, wasn't what Baker was saying earlier. He said his car kept getting looser. So I don't know, just the chassis, the way they got them set, I suspect. You see a lot of cars sitting down there with a hood up. Bobby Hillen has his Miller Buick there with a hood up on it. So does Darrell Waltrip. Jeff Bodine, they're looking under the hood of his car along with Tim Richmond and so on up through the pit area right there. I don't think it's any major problem that it gives them a chance to look under there and make sure maybe do a little preventive maintenance, so to speak. I think that's, Go ahead, me, Barney. I think that's the case. We saw him, uh, we walked away from Rusty Wallace's pits, but we see that Harold Elliott, the engine builder, is setting the timing on the car just to be sure that it's back where it was when they started, or maybe they're going to jack it up a little bit or something like that. And some of them in that last 10 laps might really jack the timing up, and you take a chance of burning a piston if you do that, but it'll usually make the car run faster, and they can probably get by with it for at least 10 laps. We also should point out that there is a NASCAR official inspector at every pit and they're looking at what's going on with the drivers, and they were told in the driver's meeting if they made a spring change or if they made an adjustment on the front end of the car, uh, which, you know, they can, uh, they got screw jacks on every wheel of the car, but if they made adjustments on the front, they were going to have to go back through the height gauge, and they got a height gauge out here on pit road down at the entrance of the garage area, and they'd have to get in line and go through that. We haven't seen any cars go down there yet, so apparently they were not seeing that kind of an adjustment made. We're standing by Terry Labonte, who drives a Budweiser Chevrolet. Terry, how did you see that first uh, 75 laps? Were you pleased? Not really, Ned. The car was pushing real bad, and uh, when we made that last stop, under the caution there, it, uh, we really helped it. So uh, we've worked on it just a little bit more to try to get some of the push out of it. Okay, so that's uh, what these 10 minutes are for, to try to get them adjusted right. Well, some of the cars were up on jack stands during the break. Davey Allison still is. Jeff Bodine's was. Benny Parsons' car is up on stands. And there's also a mechanic crawled underneath uh, Greg Sachs' automobile. Ask Benny what they'd be prepared to do during those 10-minute breaks. I think we can do a great deal. I think we can change all the springs, the shock absorbers. I think we can do a great deal. But... Uh, the thing is, we don't know what they're going to change until we get into the race. And then, you know, the conditions are going to be totally different because there's going to be a 100-lap race just prior to our race. So there's a lot of unknowns right now, Mike, and it's, it's very difficult for us to figure out exactly what, we're going to, what it's going to require. I think they got a better idea now because there was one car that worked terrific and about three or four that were there and a bunch that... Well, weren't quite in the ballpark. Mike, one of those cars that worked pretty good was Jeff Bodine. Jeff, I'm, I, I'm having to step around these things, step over these marks. They got marks all over, the, all over the ground down here. What does all these things mean? I don't know. Those guys might be, be playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know what they're playing. Uh, we just marked it where we stopped, Dick, to check the frame heights, the wedge, make sure everything was okay. I'll tell you, this car's running good. It's handling good. That Ford's tough, but we're going to try to run him hard this segment and, of course, then get ready for that last 10-lap day. What happened right there on the first lap? Uh, Y'all got uh, swapping sheet metal there just a little bit? Oh, I'll tell you, it got a little hairy. Uh, Yeah, I got underneath those fellows down the straightaway and 
felt good, but I got to the corner. I had my hands full. It looked like a uh, 747. It just took off. The car got sideways, got up into Earnhardt, and I couldn't get away from him. You know, when you get two cars together, sometimes they stick there, and we just couldn't get unhooked. A lot of cars went by, but uh, we straightened out, and fortunately, no one wrecked. Well, it's a good, good exciting for the fans, so good luck to you. There's about 50 seconds showing on the countdown clock here before they'll push them back up and get them ready to go in the second segment of the Winston. One thing we should point out, Barney, it is a new segment, but it's not a new race. The cars that lost a lap in the first 75-lap segments, they still are a lap down, or, or some are two. Buddy Baker lost a lap, so did Davey Allison and Cale Yarborough. Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs will be two laps down when they line them up. And, of course, Neil Bonnet and... Uh, Richard Petty's cars are back in the garage area. And uh, I'll check back with Dick Brooks for a moment. Dick, did we give the latest update on Neil's condition? Well, Neil is, uh, uh, they're going to take him for some x-rays, take him over to the hospital for some x-rays on his neck and his elbow and his knees. So there doesn't seem to be anything wrong. I uh, had, to, had to leave out of the hospital, but uh, when I seen him, he, he shook his head and said he was okay. And he was talking fine. So uh, I think he just got a good stiff neck, and, uh, and he's got a skin on his elbow, and I couldn't see his knee, but they said it was hurting him. So... Uh, they're going to take him over and uh, do some x-rays on him. Well, they had talked all week long here about what kind of strategy, I, I'm as guilty of it as all the media talking to different drivers, about what would your strategy be for a race with this type format. Kyle Petty says there's only one strategy, and that's just to get out there and hold the throttle down and hold your breath and hope everything works. You run a 70-lap race or 75-lap race and then a 50 and then a 10, then there's no strategy at all. You just kind of take your brain out and drive hard, as hard as you can. And, you know, that's pretty much what everybody's going to have to do. They're just going to have to run as hard as they can, as fast as they can, try to lead as many laps as you can, and uh, try and be there for the last 10 laps and try and win the thing. He's been running pretty well here this afternoon. With 75 laps complete, there'll be another 50-lap segment coming up here in just a moment. And if there's one driver who perhaps has a question mark in his mind, it would have to be Tim Richmond. He's had a long layoff. He's back in the race car for the first time. We'll get his thoughts in a little bit about how he feels and how he expected to be at the end of this show. Right now, we'll take this pause from Charlotte Motor Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Davey Allison very late getting off pit road, and Ned Jarrett almost went a lap down, even though that we're under the caution and haven't started the next 50-lap segment. He did. They were told in the driver's meeting, after when the 10 minutes is up, they roll off the line, and they'll come around. They'll make two laps. They'll get the green flag now the next time around. They're coming across the start-finish line now, and any car that is not rolling down pit road when the last car goes across the start-finish line would be a lap down. But all of the cars did get off the pit road, and, uh, of course, will remain wherever they were. Well, the driver who led the most in the first segment, of course, led the most times. That was Bill Elliott. He's on the pole right now. Jeff Bodine also led and finished up second in that first segment, so he'll be on the outside pole. Kyle Petty finished well back as they took the checkered flag, but he did lead in the first segment, so he lines up third. From there on back, nobody led us a lap, so they line up the way they came across the line at 75 laps. Darrell Waltrip is fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth. Sixth is Rusty Wallace. Seventh is going to be Tim Richmond, 8th is Harry Gant, Ninth is Ricky Rudd, 10th is Terry Labonte, 11th Bobby Allison, 12th Morgan Shepard, and 13th Benny Parsons. Toward the back of the pack, one lap down, Buddy Baker, Davey Allison, and Cale Yarborough. Two laps back are Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs. And Dave Despain, as they come by you, it looks like, well, now Davey Allison falls into line. I was wondering if he was going to get up to speed and catch the pack. There. I almost jumped in on you, Mike, because I thought he was going to stop on the backstretch. Uh, apparently, Davey just uh, buckling in and getting himself... Saddled, uh, saddled up and ready to go here. He is back on the tail end. He is a lap down, if we're correct, and uh, but appears to be in good shape after a lot of work on that car. They were the ones who really scrambled to do a lot of work. Bill Elliott, right back up where he's been from the outset. He broke the track record. He's back on the pole. 
A moment ago when they went back under green after that caution flag, Elliott did not run away like he did in the beginning of the race here this afternoon. In fact, Jeff Bodine was able to hang with him. So was Darrell Walker, and so was Dale Earnhardt. And now with this stop and the adjustments made and new tires all the way around, they're ready to go racing here very shortly. And it'll be interesting to see if he can take off and get back out there like he did before. It's been a pretty good race back through the pack this afternoon with the first 75 laps out of the way and 50 to go before they'll stop again. We're talking before they rolled him off about Tim Richmond, about whether or not he has a question about his endurance and whether he can go the distance today. Well, that's the uh, the only thing uh, that concerns me, but that that concern has always been there uh, from day one. From even prior to me uh, getting sick, uh, uh, the only thing prior to the race that really bothered me uh, that, that I was worried about uh, was the stamina, you know. Uh, I was always afraid that I might have to get out of a race car uh, without it being broke or without it being crashed or with, you know, I'd have to get out because I wasn't able, myself wasn't able to continue on. But Richmond went on to tell us he thinks the format of this race is ideal for the type of comeback he's experiencing. Three short sprint races so that he doesn't have to run five or six hundred miles and get himself tired out today. Well, there's no question about that. It'll certainly be a break in his favor this afternoon. Dick, we're sitting here wondering. I don't think we, you ever ran in any kind of race like this. And, Ned, I'm sure you didn't either back in the old days that they'd stop for ten minutes and, and do this. But it would be a welcome relief in a way, wouldn't it? Well, it changes your changes your your mentally. And I don't know how that would do. You know, it's like a rain. We've had a lot of rainouts where you'd stop twice or three times and then go again. And uh, sometimes you uh, do better afterwards. Sometimes you don't do as well. Uh, but it, it changes your mental attitude on it. And uh, uh, I don't know how this is going to do. That's what I talked to Rudd about, and it's a little early to tell. So we'll just have to wait and see. Tell you one thing it did, Mike. How many times have we heard guys say, boy, if we could have got in the pits and <laughs> done this for just 20 seconds, we'd have won that race. It'll kill that. <laughs> well, they've all had a chance to do it today, and we'll see how the cars run differently in this second segment. Ned, when you were racing and winning your Winston Cup, then Grand National Championships, I know a lot of the tracks, I guess, they used to have, in fact, I think Airlift used to sponsor a few of them, but trophy dashes between the top qualifying drivers. This last 10-lap segment, how similar will that be to, to that type of activity? Well, I think it'll be very similar to, to that type of situation because you'll certainly as far as the way that you tune the car we mentioned a moment ago that they might change the timing on them and uh, they might even make adjustments to where they'd set them up a little bit looser uh, as we heard several of them say that the tarp cars got tighter as they went along so they can make those kind of adjustments just for a 10 lap run so yeah it would be similar to some of those kind of events that we ran back then which were usually pretty exciting one thing one thing is definitely different about that in 1968 i won 11 of those I got 11 trophies, kissed 11 girls, and uh, they're going to get $200,000 today. So something's changed. <laughs> that is a, a little bit different reason to go. In fact, 200,000 reasons to run a little bit harder rather than for a trophy. Pace car is on pit road, and we're about ready to begin the second segment of the Winston here this afternoon. 50 more laps coming up before they stop. We're under green as Elliott again takes off for turn one. Jeff Bodine thought he might be able to make the quick jump to the outside, but couldn't. And while they get single file, third place is in contested right now. Kyle Petty on the low side grabs third. Earnhardt wants to follow him and boot Waltrip back to fifth. They are running side by side for that fourth and fifth spot. Earnhardt and Waltrip in a tremendous battle with right on their rear deck. Rusty Wallace tucked in behind them is Tim Richmond. Tight scramble as Elliott tries to pull away from Bodine up front. 
Kyle slips a bit high coming out of turn four. Earnhardt is right there. Jumps down underneath Petty's Sitco Ford. Covers the spot. And the Wrangler Chevrolet moves up to third. He's going to tow Rusty Wallace along with him for fourth. Rusty awfully strong going through the corners. Made a move to get inside of Darrell Waltrip. But that seems now to be the popular move. Kyle gets by. Labonte gets by. Gant gets by. The leaders are on the back stretch. The real shuffle is back there in that fifth, sixth, seventh positions. Terry Labonte, who had a terrible struggle in that first segment, seems to have come to life here. He's working his way to the inside of Kyle Petty. And he's trying to pull Darrell Waltrip along with him in the race for six. Cars that seem to be able to stick at the bottom of the racetrack have a big advantage right now in the event here this afternoon. That battle continues for fifth place. It is a hot one between Terry Labonte and Kyle Petty as they head back into turn number one, just inches apart, door to door. Labonte gets the jump going to the inside groove, and he'll outdistance Kyle midway between one and two. Right behind those two cars, Waltrip and Richmond tied up as the others were. And as they break out of that draft, now that's side-by-side. Richmond takes the high side and the advantage, and Harry Gant comes with him. Morgan Shepard will go as well, and it's Darrell Waltrip stuck on the bottom, but backing up through traffic. Waltrip's car has gone all the way from Wash to the second rent cycle as he drifts way back in the field. Tim Richmond is not faring much better. Four cars, though, are at the class of the field up front. And for the moment, Bill Elliott, although still at the point, can't quite put away the others in the first few laps of this second segment. Elliott, Bodine, Earnhardt, and Wallace are pulling away. And they've opened up a full second over the fifth-place car, Terry Labonte. Single file in sixth is Kyle Petty, seventh Richmond. Eighth spot belongs to Harry Gant, and another big gap back to the ninth place war everybody else is in that battle as they head into four boy you can look so good when you hit the combination and you can look so bad when you miss it all of a sudden half the field is way back at the back of the pack just trying to play catch up if they can or hold on to what they have while up at the front of the pack Eli the front four just going on and they're running so very well on the racetrack although for the moment most everybody back through about 10th or 11th spot are running that same low groove but not as fast as the front four Well, the guy whose car has really gone to pieces, apparently, during that 10-minute stop is Darrell Waltrip. He was up there in third starting spot, ran or checked that fourth starting spot on the restart. He has faded to a full four seconds behind the leader. And that puts him well toward the back of the pack. In fact, there's only one car behind him that's still on the lead lap. Elliott, Bodine, and Earnhardt now running away from Rusty Wallace somewhat. Those three cars tied well together at turn one. Before much longer, Rusty Wallace in fourth will have the company of Terry Labonte, who has broken away from Kyle Petty, Tim Richmond, and Harry Gant. The front three pull off. Earnhardt, who has had to scramble here today, but has been the class of the field throughout the season, dominating the early season activities in the Winston Cup, making a real charge here at Jeff Bodine. Bodine goes high. Earnhardt underneath as they come out of four. Earnhardt, if you give him that inside groove, let him get alongside, he is hard to hold off. But Bodine will be able to do it here at the start-finish line. Earnhardt comes back after him in turn one. Earnhardt, though, now within just a car length of second spot. Bodine goes a bit higher here in turn number two. Not nearly as high up the racetrack at the other end of the speedway, but it might be enough for Earnhardt to make a bid. Tremendous battle between the Chevys as they chase the four to Bill Elliott. That's been the class of the field here today. Into three. Earnhardt dives in low. Bodine up on the top. Remember, they tangled. Ooh, and they both slip high this time too they were very close together they banged there on the first lap of the first segment but more yellow paint bounced around here today than in a pencil sharpener between Earnhardt and Bodine as they try to track down Elliott Bill is getting away though down in turn number one and for the moment Rusty Wallace still in fourth spot being able to hold off that oncoming challenge of Levante Terry had been closing now that margin seems to stabilize but second place still up for grabs and further back in the field we've got the sixth place uh, position still held down by Kyle Petty in pretty good shape Richmond seventh he's being challenged by Gant then comes Davey Allison though he is a lap down up front Earnhardt and Bodine back at it again with 82 laps complete here this afternoon in the Winston it is obvious that the fastest car on the speedway continues to be Bill Elliott. We'll be back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in a moment. 
We're at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with 87 laps now complete in the Winston this afternoon. Bill Elliott took up right where he left off after that first 10-minute break. He is ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who rides in the number two position by about a, almost two seconds. Then it's Jeff Bodine hanging on to third. Back and forth would be Rusty Wallace. Fifth position belongs to Terry Labonte right now, then Kyle Petty, and that's the way they're running here. And the separation from about first back to six is almost seven seconds. That gives you an idea of just how strong Bill Elliott is. We were talking during the break about horsepower. Barney pointing out that Earnhardt doesn't seem that strong off the corner, doesn't have quite so much horsepower. Bodine really was getting off turn four. Randy Dorton, I thought, would go kind of conservative here. He said yesterday they really needed to finish this race in the engine category. But LaRosa says lack of horsepower. Well, Earnhardt was kidding him yesterday about his engines, and LaRosa told us this. All right. This, this is, is Lou's big. This is what I said. This is Lou's big one right here. You want gas mileage? Get a Toyota. You want horsepower? Call Waddell Wilson. You want to win races? See me. Well, six out of nine times this season, that's where they've ended up in victory lane. So they've been doing something right. Elliott's the leader. Earnhardt is second. Jeff Bodine is third. Rusty Wallace is fourth. And Terry Labonte is fifth. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN for station identification. On pit road, several changes were made during the 10-minute break. Some worked, some didn't. Let's check first with the lead car. Dick Brooks is in the Elliott pit. I'm sorry, Ernie. Ernie, you didn't. Uh, you guys didn't make any changes or anything in that time, right? You just uh, you didn't make any changes. Kind of left it the way it was. Uh, just changed four tires and gas. Hey, just kind of cruising, huh? Uh, hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Okay, they didn't. They didn't make any changes. They're just sitting on the fence here, just uh, like they've done a few times before, and uh, they're not even patting their foot. Really, they're just watching it happen. Not having to hang on. When you're leading, you're not hanging on, I can tell you that. And he really, they have done their homework, and it's paying off for them this afternoon. Earnhardt right now is about 1.2 seconds behind, and let's see if we can get a report from his pit with Ned. We're standing by with Richard Childress, who owns the car. Richard, uh, you told us that the car was pushing a little bit earlier. It looks like you've got that out of it. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it pretty good now. Bill's running awful strong, though. We're... Uh... Got you know we got behind those cars and couldn't catch up. We're kind of settled down with him right now, about the same pace. Okay, talk to him again. So you don't think you'll be able to catch him? No, right now he's beating us about a tenth lap. So we'll just have to see once the tires get real hot. Are there other things you can do to it during the next ten minutes? Yeah, if we can get a good start position on the next one, we, I think we got something for him the last round. Okay, so they'll be seeing where they start. That's going to be a key thing. Where you start in that last ten laps? No question about that. 92 laps go up on the board in the Winston here this afternoon. The final main event of the day at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Next weekend, the Coca-Cola World 600. A lot of racing activity left at one of the nation's finest motorsports facilities. Elliott is the leader. A couple of drivers, if you just joined our broadcast, have retired. They were went out on an accident earlier here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty. When Bonnet lost an engine in his car, apparently going up into three and four, and Richard having nowhere to go, trying to avoid him, got into the wall, and that will put both of those drivers out. Other than that, all 18 of the remainder of the field are still out there running. NASCAR's Les Richter informs that Neil Bonnet has been taken to a local hospital. His elbow will be x-rayed for the possibility of a fracture, but otherwise, Neil was okay. That's good news. As Harry Gant works on Tim Richmond coming out of turn number four, that'll be a battle for position back in the pack. Mark an eighth spot that they are, rather, seventh spot they're contesting as they go into turn one. One would have to expect that Gant would eventually, at least at this end of the speedway, take the advantage as Richmond's car is not working as well off turn number two. And coming off the corner, Gant manages to draw even. 
As they continue that battle, though, they are losing ground to the sixth-place man because uh, Kyle Petty is able to draw away as they get racing side-by-side. Side. Right behind them comes Davey Allison, who is a lap down but has been lapping very quickly. All the work they did on that car has paid off. He can get around those guys. He might be able to go up there and get his lap back. Well, Dick Brooks pointed out a moment ago that he had the fastest car on the racetrack, and he had picked off about seven or eight cars from the tail end of the field getting his way up to the front, but then he ran up on a pack of traffic there, and since that time, Eli hasn't been able to make too much ground. He is, and he's right now right behind that Harry Gant, Tim Richmond deal, and those two are side-by-side side again in front of Davey. And it looks like this time Gant may get the better of it. He draws just a few inches in front of Richmond. Oh, now as they get into three, Richmond keeps that hammer down, runs it in deep. They are close together and side-by-side side as they run through three and four. Richmond on the top, Gant with a little advantage on the bottom. Or Gant Richmond, nobody is giving him anything in his comeback ride. The fans gave him a big ovation when he was introduced, and that's about all he has gotten here today. One car slowing up at turn number four and headed for pit road. And it looks like it's going to be the end of what has been a long day for Buddy Baker. He is slow on to pit road. He won the open to get into this event, but he definitely was off speed as he pulled down onto pit road. This is not routine. Buddy Baker brings his car into the pits. Let's see if he makes the turn to go to the garage area or if he's going to go into his pits and maybe get some. Nope, he's going to make that hard left turn and take it to the garage area, and we'll get a word with him in just a moment and find out what his problem is. Elliott continues to lead here in the Winston. We ask Davey Allison and a couple of the other drivers about their strategy here, although Davey right now is a lap down. What he planned to do in this race? Oh, I don't think he can plan a strategy for something you've never done before, and nobody's ever done this type of a, this type of a race. So... I imagine what everybody will do is set their cars up just like they were going to run a 500-mile race and then try to loosen it up for the last 10 laps. Loosening it up is putting it mildly. They'll loosen the whole field up before it's all over, that's for sure. Let's check with Dick Brooks. Well, we got Buddy sitting here in the car. He's talking to one of the, one of the, one of the team people. Uh, Buddy, what happened to it? Dick, either the transmission or the rear end went out on it. Uh, it started slow enough in that first little segment there, and... I was blaming it on the tires, and then we started the next race, and it really was lugging coming up off the corner, and I realized we had more problems than that. And coming out of two over there, the engine went way up to, well, I don't know what it went to. Let's see, 9,000. Good Lord, man. Well, you got water. You're stringing water out of here, so it, uh, I don't know what it was, but it's overheating or something. But uh, I'm sorry to hear that. You had a good run this morning, but uh, or the earlier race, and just just didn't happen in this one. Well, it was handling good in the uh, second race, but uh, apparently whatever's wrong with it was going bad all the whole time because uh, it was slowing down near the end of the other race. All right, I don't think they're too awful unhappy. They uh, they had a pretty good pretty good day already and only got started, so that's good part. I got tangled up here and something. Get out. <laughs> okay, Barney. Bill Elliott has just rolled up 100 laps in the Winston here this afternoon. There's 25 more to go before they'll make that final stop with a final 10-minute break to make any adjustments they need on the car. And he leads right now by 2.6 seconds over Dale Earnhardt. And the big key right now, Ned Jarrett, I guess, is for the drivers just to be able to stay in the lead lap with Bill Elliott because once they make that stop, then they'll have a chance to come right back up almost like a caution flag and have a run at him anyway. Very true, Barney, and they will not have to make a pit stop during this 50-lap segment. they got enough fuel to run the full distance. Bill Elliott has been talking a little bit, is running a little bit faster than what he was running in that first deal. He's running uh, around 32.40 in second. Now he's running 32.20, 32.30, 35. So he's really got that car awfully consistent here today. But, uh, yeah, that's all we want to do is hang on now, stay in that lap, and hope that they can make the right kind of adjustments for that last 10 laps. Ned, it seems we're always talking to the crew chiefs who make the right adjustments and the right moves. Perhaps we might want to get a word with Harry Hyde and, and Dick with Waddell Wilson because their two cars just went slap backwards after being right up as 
toward the front of the pack at the first 75-lap show. They have now drifted well back, Waltrip and Tim Richmond have, at this 102-lap mark. They'll throw the checkered flag again at 125 and have another 10-lap opportunity to uh, work on these cars. And somebody's going to end up close but no cigar today. And at the conclusion to, of today is the Winston. Barney and I will be selecting to have a Tampa close but no cigar award to a driver, crew chief, or crew member who will get $200 from Have a Tampa Cigars. We'll be right back. Back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, 107 laps are complete. They'll stop at lap 125 for a 10-minute break and then run the final 10 laps here this afternoon. And we will tell you that those final 10 laps will have to be green flag laps. Although the caution may come out, those laps would not count. The final 10 laps will be have to be under green. Mike Joy pointed out a moment ago that a couple of cars made adjustments and instead of going forward, had gone backward. One of those was Darrell Waltrip. And let's check in right now and find out what's happening there. I'm standing by with Waddell Wilson, uh, Barney Hall, and I'm sure that, Waddell, that you're looking forward to this next 10-minute stop. It didn't look like the last one worked for you. Well, you know, we changed the spring, the right rear, and then we changed the tires, a couple other adjustments, and it didn't respond like we thought it would. So, you know, now we need to stay in the same lap and try to readjust and get it straightened out. Because he was running so strong before that uh, caution. It don't take a great deal before that 10-minute stop. It doesn't take a great deal of adjustment on these cars to make a whale of a difference in the speed. No, that's very true, Ned. People don't realize how little adjustment you can make and fall off two or three tenths, and, you know, that is so critical here. Okay, they'll be making those adjustments. Well, Tim Richardson hasn't been doing too well either, Barney, since that last 10-minute stop, and Dick Brooks is standing by with his crew chief. Now, certainly one, one other car that uh, had a problem there was, uh, was Tim Richmond's car. Uh, talking to Harry Hyde. Harry, uh, going to get 10 minutes to work on that thing in a minute. Do you need it? Yeah, we sure do. We haven't seemed to be able to get that car tightened up for Tim all day. He likes a loose car, but we've got that in too loose. And uh, we did some adjustment on it, but not enough. Uh, we're going to try to get him tight enough to, to carry it on in there uh, this last 10 laps. And... Uh, We've just been running too loose all day, Dick. Sometimes they're awful hard to tighten up. Uh, you got an idea how to do it? Yeah, we've got a lot of things we can do to do it, and uh, we're just afraid to get it too tight for Tim. Tim doesn't like a tight car, and uh, but we're tickled to death. He's holed up real good, feels real good, so we're tickled for that. All right, well, we'll see you after a while. Going to put a lot of pressure on the drivers that need to make adjustments in this final 10-minute break here because if the driver says, let's do this or let's change that, and he is wrong, then you're really out to lunch. And I asked Terry Labonte about that. Well, that's right. You know, if your car is not quite right and you do come in and work on it, you need to be sure what you do is what it needs, so you know, because you're not going to get a chance to try it. And, uh, you know, if you miss it just a little bit, you know, you might hurt, you might be worse than you were. Now, I guess that does happen, Ned and Dick, both a lot of times. You'll think the car needs something. You'll tell your crew chief or the crew members, and when you make that pit stop, you'll make the adjustment and find out that you were wrong. That's exactly right, Barney. I've seen it happen many times. In fact, when I was driving a race car, sometimes a car would feel like it was pushing. When you went in the turn, you keep telling your crew that the car is pushing. The front end just won't hold and the back end sticking too tight. Well, they take a tire temperature and it shows exactly the opposite, and, and that can be confusing to a driver a lot of times. Of course, if the back end is really too tight, then you can tell exactly what it is. But uh, sometimes it's hard to determine which is what and uh, if you don't make the right decision in that 10 minutes then you can be out of luck. That's one thing that's very very true and seems like when it starts that you drive harder just trying to keep up. One of the things I said well ago about uh, you know stopping and changing your frame of mind you get in your mind that the car is going to be pushing 
and you go out there and you push it harder and harder and harder and it may not be it may be loose it's just that you're just burying it in the corner you're not giving it a chance to turn and uh, you don't stop it you just it's a mental thing and uh, that happens a lot of times Sixth place changed hands a lap or so ago. Tim Richmond working around the outside of Kyle Petty, and he took Harry Gant along with him. So move Richmond up to sixth, Gant to seventh, Kyle Petty falls to eighth, and he's getting the pressure from Bobby Allison in turn one. Those two guys are separated by just a half car lane. Come off turn number two in each other's tire tracks. Kyle leading Bobby Allison onto the backstretch. Kyle Petty lost about a tenth of a second a lap over a period of about three or four laps. He had been comfortably in front of the ongoing Richmond and Gant battle, and then just all of a sudden they came driving by. Now Allison will challenge Kyle Petty on the outside coming out of four. Kyle's got a problem. Won't be a whole, whole lot of a challenge as Allison just drives on by, and there is something wrong on Kyle's car as he is dropping back in the pack. There are 10 laps before they'll stop for that final 10-minute break. 115 are on the board. They'll stop at 125. Elliott's lead right now over Dale Earnhardt, just a pinch over four seconds as Elliott crosses the start-finish line. Dale is just coming off turn number four. It's about two seconds back to the third place now behind Earnhardt of Jeff Bodine. Then it is a long ways back to Rusty Wallace and the rest of the field as the leader heads back to turn two. As he goes into turn two, exiting the corner, Greg Sachs and Bobby Hillen Jr. haven't talked about them as they're a couple of laps in arrears, but they're having a pretty good battle of their own as they work up to turn four. Bill Elliott looking very comfortable as he negotiates three and four, and for the rest of the drivers now, there's really no percentage of running up there and trying to challenge Elliott. There are not enough laps to catch him. They're going to have to be content to hold on to that starting spot that they'll have for the 10 laps and just keep themselves out of trouble. That's the key right now. Well, we're looking forward to a final 10-lap shootout after they drop this next checkered flag, but so far, looks like Bill Elliott has had all the ammunition. From Charlotte Motor Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. At the Charlotte Motor Speedway, 119 laps are complete in the 135 that'll make up the Winston this afternoon. In six more laps around this racetrack, the entire field will be on pit road for a 10-minute break to make any adjustments they deem necessary on the cars. And the cars that are on the lead lap at this juncture of the race, of course, will line up in the way it's going right now behind Bill Elliott. Barney, and, I'm in, uh, in Kyle Petty's pits talking to, uh, to, to Leonard Wood. Leonard, you said that uh, you was a little bit tight last time. You loosened up a little bit. Now you're a little bit loose this time. What are you going to do this 10 minutes? Well, I think it'd be pretty close just for 10 laps because he didn't, he didn't say anything until he run about 20 or 25 laps. So I think we'll probably go with about the combination we got right now for the last 10 laps. Just going to put on new tires and let it go. Yes, we got a, we got a set all measured up, you know, that we've run and it runs good. So uh, hopefully that'll be the best setup we got. What do you think about these rest stops? Well, it, I can't see nothing wrong with it. See, it feels pretty good, not that the rush around, you know, so I kind of like it. Okay. I think everybody does. Good battle for fourth position, heading off into turn one. They work up into the corner with to the inside, it's Terry Labonte. Outside of him is Rusty Wallace, and something is amiss with Labonte, as he just couldn't quite stay with Rusty Wallace going into the corner. Terry noticeably slowed, and now Richmond's with him. Meanwhile, Harry Gant has pulled off the racetrack onto pit, wall, uh, pit road, and he's going behind the wall. Gant had been in a tremendous battle with Tim Richmond for sixth spot for the last 20 laps. He has gone behind the wall. Richmond is now alone in sixth. So off turn number four, Wallace has won that battle with Tim Richmond and Terry Labonte as there are just three laps left to run in this 50-lap segment. Elliott comfortably in front, but he's running up into lap traffic at turn four. As he works around Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs, they've been having a great battle. You'd think they were racing the last ten laps of the Winston right here. Elliott comes up and splits them up for the moment. Elliott takes it back off into turn number one. He's probably in contact, no doubt, with Ernie. They know there's just a couple more laps before they'll come in and make that final stop. 
three drivers have now retired from the Winston here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty got together when Bonnet lost an engine up in turns three and four early this afternoon and sidelined both of those drivers. They are out of it, and now Harry Gant becomes the third car to go to the garage area, leaving a 17 to settle the Winston this afternoon. Actually, he'd be the fourth one. Buddy Baker went out a little while ago, Barney, so it'd be four cars in the garage area. White flag for Bill Elliott as he comes across the stripe, 124 total laps completed. And he has a healthy lead, half a straightaway on Dale Earnhardt going into turn one. Elliott has already gotten by both Bobby Hillen Jr. and Greg Sachs. And as he comes off turn number two, he hasn't changed the line he's taken. He hasn't changed anything all day. It's obvious that Bill ordered that T-Bird with cruise control, and he's had it on from the first green flag here today, totally dominating this event. He's able to run down on the bottom of the racetrack. He seems to prefer to run in the middle. We saw him run the middle most of the first segment. Here he's coming off turn four. Talk about some shuffling on that start for the final ten laps here this afternoon as, as we'll see it coming up here very shortly, what adjustments are made on the car. And I remember the cars that are on the lead lap when they pull them onto pit road here in just a moment will start right in behind Bill Elliott. And it'll ha they'll have to make their move very early because, obviously, if Elliott's car keeps working like it has been all afternoon and he gets a little bit of a jump on that restart in the final ten laps, he'll be long gone. Let's go to pit road and Ned Jarrett. Well, Harry Gant has crawled out of the Skull Bandit car in the garage area. Harry, what went wrong? Uh, Ned had got, was running hot in that blow-ahead gasket. Uh, I knew there was something wrong. It, just, it was handling real good after the changes we made for the second 50 lapper. But the engine just didn't have what it had uh, yesterday evening or the first few laps of the morning. So I guess it was a gradual seep through in the water gasket. Harry, your impressions of the racetrack now that you've run that much on it? You've won here in the past. Well, it's much better than it was. Uh, you can go around there now. You know, it's slick, no doubt about that. But still, it's not like it used to be. You can go up there and get a hold of it and go. So it's much better. Okay, sorry to see you out of Thank you. Well, the finish. Bill Elliott, of course, leading all 50 laps of this segment. Dale Earnhardt finishing second. Jeff Bodine is third. Fourth is Rusty Wallace. Fifth is Tim Richmond. Sixth, Terry Labonte. Seventh, Bobby Allison. Eighth was Kyle Petty. Ninth was Darrell Waltrip and tenth, Ricky Rudd. Eleventh was Benny Parsons and twelfth, Morgan Shepard. They are all on the lead lap. One lap back would be Davey Allison. He'd be in the 13th position. And 14th, Cale Yarborough. Three laps down are both Greg Sachs and Bobby Hillen. So, Dick Brooks, once again, everybody heads for pit road. Well, everybody's in here. I'm standing here by Davey Allison's car again. They're uh, getting ready to raise the hood on it, changing tires. Uh, Tim Richmond's car, they're changing tires on it. They got the hood up. Nobody doing too much on it. They're just checking shock travel and stuff. The guys can tell a lot about their cars, how they're handling or what they're going to do with them just by checking how much how much travel they're getting on the shocks. They know that much how much the, the wheels are going up and down, so they can uh, tell a lot what's happening there. Dale Earnhardt's car, they've got the rear of it jacked up. Now they're coming up with the sides. They're going to uh, do four tires on it. Just now raising the hood, so uh, everybody just checking them over. And I, I doubt if there's going to be a lot of changes on most of these cars, just like uh, uh, like Leonard Wood said. Put new tires on them, 10 laps, uh, uh, you know, changes is not going to make that much difference. Well, the biggest difference in the finishing order, this segment to the last one, Darrell Waltrip was fourth in the first segment. He ended up ninth after this last 50 laps just run. Tim Richmond, uh, who in the first segment had been at sixth position, he ended up uh, this time in fifth, he gained a little bit. Uh, almost no, almost there were a couple of positions swapped. Let's say one position either way, but otherwise not much change in the running order. Perhaps Waltrip, the biggest surprise, dropping back that much. As Waddell Wilson said, they changed a spring, and we had a chance to see how dramatic a change that was, as how it affected Darrell's race car as he went straight toward the back. Most everyone else, Barney, uh, from Elliott, Bodine, and Earnhardt, uh, Rusty Wallace. 
uh, pretty much finished where they had in the first 75-lap segment within a spot or two. They didn't gain that much. They didn't lose that much. But the, the key element here right now is they've got 10 minutes to work on the cars, make whatever adjustments they want, change four tires, two tires, one tire, come up with the right tire stagger, do whatever you need to do, and hope that you can keep Bill Elliott from getting takeoff when they drop that green flag here just minutes away if he gets away like he has earlier this afternoon on the first two segments it just seems about impossible for anybody to run him down barney let's check with him and see what he thinks about that there's not much work going on the coors ford down here they've changed tires on it bill but apparently you're pretty happy with it well the car's working awful well i'm afraid if i do something to it i'll really mess it up you know it's a stab in the dark anytime you come in you know and just even change four tires you know goodyear does a good job with the tires but still you know, the tire size and could be off just a little bit, and I just hope I got a good set to run this last 10 laps. You've been able to pull away on the restart every time here today. Uh, I'm sure that you got that in your mind right now. Well, the car is really working good right now, Ned, and I'm just tickled to death with it. Okay, he's just got 10 more laps to go to collect his second $200,000 in the Winston. Of course, he did it last year in Atlanta. Well, this race is unique to the NASCAR circuit. We get back to point chasing and long-distance racing next Sunday right here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with the Coca-Cola 600, the longest race on the circuit, 600 miles. Let's, uh, let's talk to the man that... Uh, Go ahead, Dick. Let's talk to the man that was trying to keep up or almost keeping up a while ago. Uh, you've been back in traffic almost every start, Dale. This time you're going to be starting right close to him. Uh, can you keep up? Well, I don't know, you know, uh, we're going to have to start fourth because them other guys have led some, but, uh, you know, we're going to give it a best shot. We're uh, putting everything into it we can. Uh, you know, I, I, if we ever get to build it at first, I could run him, but uh, you'll have to race Bow down and them to get to him, and uh, I, that might be the key to not winning, you know, not beating him. Well, a lot of things is going to count on a restart, so good luck to you. Thank you. Six more minutes to work on these cars here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and then probably could be the wildest 10 laps we've ever seen in Winston Cup racing will be coming up. We'll be back at the racetrack in a moment. Just reviewing some of the changes made on the cars during that first 10-lap segment, give you an idea. Probably the uh, Benny Parsons car had the most changes. They changed the front sway bar from 7-8 to a 1-inch bar. They lowered the track bar, uh, put an air scoop on the car to Benny from, because fumes from the oil tank were coming in, and they kept the same tires on the car, but switched the position of the tires, get a different stagger. And uh, that was probably the most that was done on pit road during that first 10-lap segments. And as we look down on the pit lane right now, the Elliott crew has spent most of the 10 minutes sitting on the pit rail, just watching Bill, talking to each other, and sharing a laugh or two with Harold Kinder. Uh, but there are a couple of cars, like the Waltrip car, where a lot of work has been going on. We're starting to tell you about what's coming up on the Winston Cup circuit. Next week, right here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Coca-Cola 600. Bush pole qualifying kicks the week off here on Wednesday afternoon. The Bush Grand National cars will be in action on Saturday here at Charlotte. May 31st, the Budweiser 500 comes up at Dover, Delaware, and we stay with the northern and western swing of the tour for a few weeks. June 14th to Pocono, Pennsylvania, the Budweiser 400. Also at Brooklyn, Michigan, or rather at Riverside, California, June 21st, the Budweiser 400. Brooklyn, Michigan plays host to the Miller American 400 on June the 28th. The Pepsi Firecracker 400 is the midpoint in the season, and that is the 4th of July at Daytona Beach. The Summer 500 at Pocono comes up July 19th, and the Talladega 500 at Talladega July 26th. Then the tour will make its one stop of the season at Watkins Glen, New York, on the road course August 9th with the Budweiser at the Glen. And once again, all those ticket offices will be open tomorrow, so you can call up and order your seats. And with the record crowds we've been having at most of these events, 
I wouldn't wait to call. I'd, I'd get on the phone tomorrow morning and make your seat reservations. Just a little over two minutes remain before they'll start. Well, in fact, they're already starting to push the cars back down toward the first turn to line them up, and the man who will line up right behind leader Bill Elliott will be Jeff Bodine and Ned Jarrett's in his pits. Well, they're rolling the Levi Gary car off to go line up down there. We're standing with Gary Nelson, the crew chief on it. Gary, I was standing here watching some of the things you did. It didn't look like you made any major changes on the car. No, um, in the first race we were pretty close, and in the second race we made some adjustments that made the car a little looser, so now we're backed up to make the car a little bit tighter than it was in the first race, and I think we're going to be in good shape. Uh, you know, the 10 minutes or, or a 15-second pit stop, it, we do the same things. Just do it a little more leisure than now. Yeah, we got to walk around instead of run, so it's, you know, we put on four tires, and we made a slight chassis adjustment, but no different than we would have done on a regular pit stop. Now, what do you honestly think about Bill Elliott? Can you catch him? Can you pass him? That Ford is awful strong. Uh, we went, excuse me a second. Okay, Jeff is talking to him as he goes down on uh, pit road, and I think that's the kind of remark that we're going to hear. Uh, Jeff told us uh, we didn't get to talk to him, uh, not on the air, but he told us, said, what do they call him, Bill from Dawsonville? said they got him named right. Well, he's going to have a healthy payday here. He already has this afternoon. In fact, uh, we'll tally it up here before these last 10 laps or as soon as they're over and, and figure up. Of course, if he wins it, he gets $200,000, but he won the first segment of it this afternoon, and he won the second segment. He picked up a pretty healthy paycheck for both of those, and we'll get the figures on it. So he may end up in the neighborhood of $300,000 here with the luck and skill and everything else he's displayed here today. Whether they can catch him or not is anybody's guess. Dale Earnhardt will certainly give it a try. You know Jeff Bodine will, and there are a lot of cars on that lead lap. They'll line up with Elliott at the front of the pack, Jeff Bodine right behind him, then Kyle Petty, then Dale Earnhardt back and forth, then Rusty Wallace, then Tim Richmond, and then Terry Labonte and Bobby Allison. Barney Bill Elliott has already banked $100,000 today. He won $25,000 by leading at the end of the first 75-lap segment. At the end of this 50-lap segment, that was worth another 50 grand. Plus, he's led this race twice, and there's a $25,000 bonus to the driver who leads the most times during those first 125 laps. Now, Jeff Bodine and Kyle Petty have each led once. So, uh, Bill Elliott, $100,000 in the bank already this afternoon. We'll tell you as they roll off the grid to begin the final 10-lap shootout that you can win our Daytona 500 Dream Vacation and the Goodies Race for the Money Sweepstakes on MRN. Two tickets to the Goodies 300 and Daytona 500, a tour of the NASCAR Garage, lodging for two for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn right on Daytona Beach, $1,000 cash and airfare for two on Piedmont Airlines from the closest city they serve to your home. Or you could win one of our eight Racing Holiday of the Month prizes. All you need to do is send your name, address, phone number, call letters of your local MRN station, and the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or the name goodies printed on plain piece of paper, and send your entry to Goodies Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, 32015. We'll be announcing the winner on MRN, and you could be one of our monthly winners or win the grand prize. But check at Piedmont Airlines City Ticket Offices or where you buy goodies, Headache powders for complete contest rules. Neil Bonnet won't be around for the final 10 laps here this afternoon. He lost an engine in his car a little bit earlier and parked it in the garage area. But I liked his comments yesterday about what he predicted for the final 10 laps. Well, it depends on how much race car you want to have left when they drop that checkered flag. If you're back there a little bit, you're going to have to work. Uh, I honestly feel like the guy that wins this race is going to get some negative press. They're complaining about the pushing and shoving and beating and banging. But that's what's made our sport thrive. And I don't think a gentleman's going to win this race. The guy that wins this race is going to have to be aggressive. Yeah, I'd like to be in that first couple of rows when they restart that thing, but if they give me that opportunity, I'm going to try to come up through there, and I think you're going to see a lot of drivers do that. 
I'm not concerned about what people think. I'm concerned about my crew that's worked endless hours, and I'm not going to give them the opportunity to ask me why I didn't do something. I'm going to do whatever it takes. That's about, no, about what everybody feels. As Betty Parsons says, you got one strategy for this. You take the green and you go. When they drop the green flag, you run as hard as you can. That's, that's the only way I see that you can do it. Can you lay back at all during this deal or any part of this day's event, Dale Earnhardt? I don't think so. I think I'm going to try to be up front and go. And uh, I don't want to be back in the, in, the, in the group or in the traffic. Uh, somebody may, may make a mistake. An engine might let go or something, then you'll be in a trap. And uh, I think we're just going to try to be up front close to Ken, if not leading, and be, be closer to Ken and stay there. He's close. He'll take this restart in the second row. The front row is Elliott and Bodine. Row number two, Kyle Petty and Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace and Tim Richmond in the third row. And then it'll be Terry Labonte and Ricky Rudd back in row four. Daryl Waltrip, uh, the rest of the field lined up behind them as they get set to go racing here for ten final laps. They're over in turn three. Kyle Petty lining up in that third spot, earned that spot by staying out longer during the first segment during a yellow flag. On the second segment start, he became a bit of a roadblock. He was backing up through the field. Those guys who want to get up there and got, uh, get a shot at Bill Elliott, with all due respect to Kyle, are going to have to deal with Kyle's car. Pace car is on pit road. The last ten laps coming up in the Winston. They wave the green flag, and Elliott comes up through the gearbox. But Bodine is going to get him, jumps him on the start here, and will pull away by half a car length heading for turn one. Bodine has the lead for the moment, but it's Elliott who has the inside groove. That cars get together. Bodine spins. Elliott goes high. Earnhardt goes low. Cars going every which direction. One other car spinning. It's Yarborough. Everybody else continues away, and Earnhardt has the lead. But they've thrown the caution. They'll race back to the flag and head for turn three. It won't be much of a race for the lead. Earnhardt's got a huge advantage as they peel off into turn number four. Uh, Elliott has come through the mess to hang on to the second spot. He'll have a shot at Earnhardt as they race back to the yellow. Earnhardt will lead them back, and the caution will go out. Now, the laps will not count under this caution, so they'll line up as they come across the start-finish line, so nobody will really lose that much other than Bill Elliott, who's going to drive back at least one position. Let's go back to turn one for a quick recap. Well, it was as Neil Bonnet says, a couple of guys going for the same spot as Elliott and Bodine. With Elliott on the inside, Bodine's car came around. Everybody went high or low on the binders in a hurry. Only K.O. Yarborough spun, and he too has now managed to continue away. Well, the first contact was headed for turn number one. Bodine and Elliott appeared to get together, and then going into turn number one, Earnhardt got into Bill Elliott, and that kind of started things going. Elliott came up into Jeff Bodine. Bodine's car going sideways. Earnhardt jumped right to the bottom of the racetrack. You talk about cool moves and snuck by on the inside. Well, when they started this race off, they introduced the drivers. They had a song to play for each driver. For Cale, it was Darlington County. For Tim Richmond, it was life in the fast lane. They should have kept Olivia Newton-John's physical and played it when they dropped the green flag because that's how it got down there in turn one. Let's go to pit road. Well, they're going to change the all four tires on the Levi Garrett Chevrolet, Mike Joy. There's some damage to the left front fender, but it doesn't appear to, to be much of a problem for them. They're just going to change the tires and send him back out there and hope that he can come back up through the pack. Well, they got Kale. They're going to change. Uh, they changed right side tires. and They're going to go to left side, too. But I think he lost a lap during that. Of course, I think he was a lap down anyway, so that'd make him two down. But... Uh, uh, he's, he's definitely out of it now. Well, this lap does not count. Remember, these last 10 laps must be run under green, although they don't have to be run consecutively. So as the caution flag waved while the cars were still in turn number two, this lap doesn't count. There are still 10 to go, and the excitement is building up here in the Winston. We're at the Charlotte Motor Speedway to conclude the Winston this afternoon, and just when it looked like Bill Elliott might be a shoe-in, not the case. 
pace car on pit road. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. They wave the green flag, and Earnhardt gets a good jump on the start. Pulls away from Elliott by about three car lengths, but they're going to chase him hard into turn one. Bill Elliott's now to within a couple of car lanes, and right on Bill Elliott's rear deck is Tim Richmond. Right behind Richmond, Terry Labonte. Those front four cars now having broken away, but off turn number two, using the middle groove, it's Earnhardt showing the way. Big question, how much was Bill Elliott's car beat up in that altercation as he got the race car to come back and challenge Dale Earnhardt as they move through three and four? He's down on the bottom. He's right at Earnhardt's rear deck. They're out of four, headed back to the wire. Elliott slides up the racetrack, doesn't touch Earnhardt, but he's locked right on to him. This will complete lap two of the 10-lap segment. NASCAR conferred, reversed their decision. They did count that first lap, so we're now two down, eight to go. Elliott is still there, right in the tire tracks of Earnhardt. Now to the inside they go. The cars touch. They both maintain the right direction. And off turn number two, Earnhardt leads, and it's Labonte and Richmond moving. Physical indeed, as Elliott made his move and tagged into Earnhardt. That gave the opening to Tim Richmond. He moves up on the inside of Bill Elliott. Tries to get the spot. Elliott draws back in front. Now Elliott goes after Earnhardt as they come out of turn four. Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with him. Earnhardt goes off in the grass, brings the car back onto the speedway, and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Unbelievable. They're back in one. Simply remarkable. Back into the corner they go. Elliott is again there, right behind Earnhardt. Again, Labonte trying to peel off number two corner to the inside of Tim Richmond. That's about up a third, and now Earnhardt and Elliott are side by side. Elliott is going to try the outside line down the back stretch. Into turn three they go. He's going to go in on the outside of Earnhardt. They touch again. Tire smoke side by side, hooked together. Down to the bottom comes Terry Labonte, and he's going to pass them both. Labonte will take the lead. Elliott got muscled out of the way by Earnhardt. Labonte went to the bottom of the racetrack, snookered Earnhardt for the lead, but Earnhardt has more power down the straightaway. They'll be dead even four cars deep in turn one. Unbelievable racing. Back into the corner they go. Labonte has to yield the inside to Earnhardt. Off the corner, Earnhardt leads. Labonte second, Richmond third. Elliott's coming back. Let's see what Elliott can do. He got shuffled off all the way to four spot. He goes after Tim Richmond as they hit the entrance to turn three. This time Labonte leaves Earnhardt about a car length now. Elliott moves right up under the rear deck of Tim Richmond and gives him a shove. Elliott dives to the inside. This is what the Winston was designed to do, test the ability of the best drivers in the business, and Earnhardt is making him work for any inch of ground they gained on him. He hangs onto the lead back in one. As they work into the corner, behind the front four, some pretty good battling as well, but that fifth place battle is at least five car lanes back. Elliott, he's sideways off turn number two. He gathers it back in, but he's losing distance. Elliott's car breaking loose badly, and as they come by two wide right behind him. Kyle Petty just missed him. Elliott draws back down onto the apron. He is out of contention. Meanwhile, Earnhardt leads Labonte off turn four, about three car lengths ahead of Richmond. Elliott says he has a flat tire. The crew is ready to bring it in. We'll see. Comes down pit road. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead goes back to turn one. And Earnhardt still shows the way. The blue and yellow colors just ahead of the red and white of the Budweiser Chevrolet of Labonte. And Tim Richmond, what a return it would be for him in Winston Cup racing there. One, two, three. Well, if it comes down to a 10-lap shootout based on everything we've seen this year, and in fact in the last half dozen years, Dale Earnhardt is a good man to put your money on. He is going to be tough to get around. Labonte and Richmond are both right there to give it a shot. Labonte about three lengths back. Tire was flat on the Coors Ford. Barney, when he was in here just a few laps ago, that car looked like it just come out of the showroom floor. Now it looks like it's been in a demolition derby. Neil Bonnet hit the nail on the head a moment ago when he told us that whoever wins this race would not be a gentleman and that he would get some negative press. There is no question about that. Meanwhile, it is Earnhardt by two car links over Terry Labonte. Right behind him, Tim Richmond. Those three have broken away by about a second on the rest of the field. They're in three. Richmond definitely got a good combination out of Harry, uh, Harry Hyde. They tried to tighten that car up, make it work. It's working much better, although he slides a little high that time out of four. Two laps to go. Earnhardt by a car length. Labonte is there. It's the Chevy show with Richmond back in the third spot. 
Wallace's Pontiac is fourth, and then Bodine. There can't be a person still sitting here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway as Bodine now works to the outside of Rusty Wallace in their private battle for fourth and fifth, but Earnhardt still leads at the point. Bill Elliott limping on the front straightaway. He will not be a factor at all. Terry Labonte with a really resurgent car from the first segment coming up to try to make one last challenge at Dale Earnhardt. He is about two lengths back as Richmond tries him on the outside. Earnhardt brings him out of turn number four and down to the line. White flag, final lap for them. Earnhardt takes him back into the number one corner. Labonte is two car lengths back then Richmond. It looks like they'll settle it among those front three there in one. It is two car lanes back from first to second, a car lane back from second to third. Ironically, the leaders are now closing in on the slowing car of Bill Elliott off turn two. Earnhardt leads. Richmond looks like he wants to make a move on Labonte as they head down the back stretch for the final time. Now Labonte trying to drive it in deep on Earnhardt. Earnhardt comes down to close the door. They're all three glued to the bottom of the racetrack as they head for the finish. They may not catch Elliott before the checkered flag. In 1985, it was Waltrip. Last year, Elliott, the third running of the Winston. It's Earnhardt's by two car lengths over Terry Labonte. Tim Richmond finishes third. What a last ten laps. Barney, it was what they paid to come to see, what NASCAR and Winston and everyone here hoped for, and what a show at the finish. Earnhardt will go to victory lane. It is over here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is over, and yet it has just begun. The Winston is history, and the whole week of racing here at Charlotte begins again with Bush Pole qualifying for the Coke 600 on Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in a moment. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. There are some hot tempers at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Dale Earnhardt has taken his car to victory lane. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett and see what's happening. It'll be just a moment before he'll get in there and we can get to him, Barney Hall. But, yes, there was some hot tempers on pit road as Ernie Elliott and many of the Coors team went over to the Wrangler team. They were pitted right side by side, just a pit between them. And uh, some very harsh words were said we couldn't hear, probably couldn't repeat what, what was said there. But they were very upset. The NASCAR officials got in there very quickly and got them separated. But you're right, tempers were very high. Yeah, there was a bunch of them, Bill. Uh, uh, Kyle Petty got out of his car and run over to Bill and said something to him and took off. And I patted him on the back and I said, who are you mad at? And he said, nobody. And away he went. And then Bill got out of the car and took off toward the truck. So I'm not having much luck here. Well, we'll catch up with some of those guys in just a moment. Now, it appeared that there could have been some contact after the checkered flag right in the middle of the backstretch between Earnhardt and Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine. Whether it was intentional, we can't say because we're just sitting here in the tower. It could whatever, but and you can't really see that close over there, but it looked like the cars did get together. But we'll try to follow up on that before we leave the air. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt has won the Winston. And Neil Bonnet, as we said a moment ago, there's no way to emphasize what he said. The kind of money they're running for, $200,000, the best drivers in the world, nobody's going to give you anything out there those final laps and as as we have documented for the last two years Dale Earnhardt is one of the toughest on the speedways he won't give you anything let's go to Ned Jarrett well a very happy crew here in uh, Victor Lane Richard Childers we'll get to Dale Earnhardt in a moment Richard Childers the car owner Richard he did pull it off but boy it was wild I tell you when a man can bring a car out to grass like he did there he deserved to win you know I'm, a, I'm just proud to be associated with Dale Earnhardt what, what went on up there in the pits after the checker flag fell? Well, there was, you know, it was a little heat, and everybody will cool down a little bit afterwards, but it's just the way it goes. Okay, well, let's get over here and talk to the man who, who has been the dominant force on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit this year and then taken the Winston here today. Dale, congratulations. Got a little rougher. Yeah, it did. What happened? Well, uh, you know, a five car and a nine got together down there, spun out on that restart, and... You know, that gave me the lead, and Bill caught up with me, and he turned me sideways off, too, over there. 
And that didn't bother me too bad, but when he turned me through the infield, it sort of made me hot. Uh, I carried him up the racetrack down in Illinois. I was mad about it and tried to run him in the wall or nothing. He weighed on me a lap and tried to run him in the wall. I think I ought to get fined for that. Well, it looks like this Wrangler Chevrolet uh, sort of beat up. It looks like he's been on one of those short tracks around the country. As Dale waves to the, to the crowd here. Well, we're going to let him go and, and just cool off here for just a moment. Dale Earnhardt kind of telling his side of the story over there. Let's check in with Dick Brooks and see if he's caught up with anyone in the garage. <laughs> well, I think we better let everybody cool off over here unless we want to talk to somebody that didn't have anything to do with that. They, uh, uh, a few fists flew here a few minutes ago between Kyle and, uh, and Rusty Wallace. Uh, NASCAR officials broke it up, but it uh, hasn't stopped yet. I, uh, I've been in fights before, but I was always mad. This time I ain't, and uh, and uh, got to get hurt in here if he ain't mad. Well, that was the kind of finish they predicted here for those final 10 laps this afternoon. That's exactly what happened, and it has been a while when everybody said it would be. Even the drivers themselves said, hey, you know, if I get a chance, I'm going to do what I need to do to win the race this afternoon. So, obviously, they're all going to be mad at Dale Earnhardt because he won, and if you didn't win, then you're going to be a little bit ill for different reasons, and that's just exactly what everyone expected, and that's what we saw. Arnie, let me talk to somebody here that's, that's reasonably calm. Cale, you had a little problem there right toward the end. What happened? Well, uh, I didn't have the problem. Everybody else in front of me had the problem. And uh, then Bobby Hillen Jr. ran into the back of me again. I'm getting run into the back two every time, I think. I, but, you know, I just had a bad day all day, Dick. Um, we, we had a 200-mile test session is what it amounted to. We learned something on every run. And there at the end, we were, we were running pretty good. So we didn't make any money, but I'm glad we got to run. Well, I'll tell you, got some exciting stuff going there in the last 10 laps. There's a, there's a lot of hot tempers. Yeah, I'd like to have been up there in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Barney. I'll That's one way to put it. I'll bet he kind of would. It, it is the kind of event, Barney, as you say, when you're going to shoot him out for 10 laps, and boy, it was a shootout, and Bill didn't have all the ammunition. He got roughed up a bit. He gave a little back, and looking at some of the video replays, it's obvious that it was a lot of give and take. But what surprised me most was that after the first two segments, they came out of the box, took the green flag for this last one, and Elliott did not get the jump, and as such, he couldn't get out front and pull away. Well, his car, if it's by itself, seems to run and work a whole lot better. We've seen it all year long, and even last year when Bill Elliott gets boxed in in traffic, he can't do some of the things with the car that he can when he's running in what we call clean air or all out by himself. And the drivers knew that. They knew on that restart the only shot they had was to box him in a little bit, kind of get him back in traffic and make him have to work, and that's exactly what they tried to do, and that's what everyone anticipated. Barney, uh, somebody else that got caught up in that toward the end here and got the, got the left side of the car kind of skin up was Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you had a good run all day, and uh, and there was a lot of there was a lot of a lot of good racing there toward the end. Two hundred thousand dollars worth. <laughs> you know, we we didn't know what was going to happen those last ten laps. Uh, you know, we knew we were going to do everything we could to try to get out front, and I really got a good jump on Bill on the start, and, and thought I'd cleared him getting into the corner, but I, I guess I hadn't, or else he just slid up a little bit, turned me sideways in front of the whole pack. Uh, that shows how good these guys are. They all miss me. Thank the Lord I didn't hit the wall. He must have been steering this thing because I didn't know where I was going. But we came back. Uh, no one got wrecked. Uh, we're banged up. But uh, we came in and changed tires, and, boy, the car was hooked up. We put some real old tires on and came through the pack like gangbusters. And I really feel like if I hadn't got held up three or four lap, bad laps in that traffic, I could have got to those guys at the end and beat them because my car was just fantastic. Exciting race. Um, I want to thank RJR Winston Brand for putting on this show. I think it was worth everybody coming here, listening, watching. I think it was a great show. I'm still pumped up. I'd like to be out there and do 10 more. 
Well, I think everybody's going to cool down in a little bit. There's a lot of hot tempers here, but uh, I think all in all, everybody's going to go away from here saying they had a lot of fun, and I know the fans sure did. What do you think about this kind of format for racing? Well, I think it's great. Uh, you know, in hot temper, sure. You know, I wish I hadn't spun around, got hit, spun around, and I could have won the race, but for $200,000, that's what you get. I think we gave the people their money's worth. We gave RJR Winston their money's worth. I'm just glad I'm here in one piece. We really think we have a good setup for the World 600. We're going to be here all next week, and I hope everybody comes back to watch. It's going to be a good race. I think Bodine makes a, makes a good point. You know, it is tough to be gracious when you're in the garage. It's easy to be gracious as a winner, but when you're in the garage, you know, the old, there's an old saying, show me a gracious loser, and I'll show you a loser. That's not the case here, but certainly in a, in a shootout like this, tempers are going to flare if you're not the guy that goes and gets that $200,000 $200, check. I don't think anybody would have left here and felt, really good about this race if it had not almost ended up like it did that's what everybody had expected that was the format to begin with and that for that kind of money like he said it's not a points race it didn't hurt anybody in the winston cup point deals and they expected some sheet metal to get bent we see it on short tracks we see it everywhere when they're not even running for anywhere near this kind of money wasn't was not any surprise no they'll talk about this race for a long time to come we'll talk about it a little bit more when we come back to charlotte motor speedway in a moment this is mrn the motor racing network Tim Richmond had a good run here today in his return to Winston Cup Racing, finishing third, and Dick Brooks is there. Tim, uh, Tim, it, it all turned out the way they planned for it to be, just a good, fast ten laps. Yeah, it was. Uh, some of it was sideways for some of them, and some of it was driving into other people's doors and whatever else. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was good. I think it was a great format. I think the Winston people uh, uh, is to be patted on the back. I think it was at least a success in the format the way they ran it. I think it was a positive. You think after it's all over and all the tempers get cooled down and everything, everybody will say, well, that's a good way to run a, run a race, no points involved, no nothing, just have a good time? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously there ought to be some tempers going right now, uh, but I don't think they ought to be directed at Earnhardt. They ought to go to the uh, ones that write the rule book because they aren't doing anything about it, and that's why he's still hitting people out there. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Bill Elliott is in the uh, in the garage area, Barney. We're trying to see if we can can get a word with him and the security people are holding us back we can't really get quite up there to him here it bill sort of a rough day there you led most of the way and then you got a little rough there at the end well i think what earnhardt did wasn't right you know he claimed i did it to him but i i was clearly on the bottom of the racetrack and i was clearly up under him and he cut down on me and a man can't say that we'll shut we'll run the fans back and i'll show you and he clearly let me buy me let me get by and coming down the back straight away and like to run me in the wall in three and four and that ain't racing the way i look at it well bill you're you're we appreciate you coming out and talking to us sorry it had to end up the way it did after the way you ran today but the thing of it is the car was clearly better than his and i could have beat him and there was no problem about it but if a man's got to put you out to beat you that ain't what i call race okay that's bill elliott's side of the story that's the way he feels about it here this afternoon. That is, everybody has pointed out, it's not surprising that tempers kind of flared like that. It's all over here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and as Mike said, they'll be talking about this one for a long time. Earnhardt is the winner. Terry Labonte finishes second. Tim Richmond third. Jeff Bodine credited in fourth position. Then Rusty Wallace fifth. Sixth to Kyle Petty. Seventh to Morgan Shepard. Eighth to Bobby Allison. Finishing ninth, Darrell Waltrip. And rounding out the top ten, Benny Parsons. What a finish here. It uh, is quite a deal. Of course, now we've still got to vote the peak coolest move of the race award, and we'll start with Eli Gold. Mike, I think the best individual move, whether you like the man, don't like the man, whatever your feelings are, was Earnhardt saving the car as he cut through the grass there near the end going towards turn number one. That was a masterful piece of driving. Dave Despain? The problem with Earnhardt that the, that the fans seem to have, the fact of him bumping into people and all the booze that he gets, I think in one context... 
that may be justified. He hits a lot of people out there during the course of the season. When you're racing for points, maybe that's a, that's a problem. When you take the gloves off in a street fight, the only way to judge it is by the guy who gets to the finish. They all knew going in that those were the rules. Earnhardt won it. That's the coolest move of the day. Nick Brooks. Well, I've got to go along with that. I, I've, seen, I've been in the grass sideways and come back out in front of the traffic and still block everybody. Now, <laughs> he straightened it back up. He didn't go up on the top of the racetrack. That's a pretty cool move as far as I'm concerned. Ned? Well, I'm going to cast my nomination towards Neil Bonnet back uh, early in the race when he, he went to the wall, could have really wiped out a lot of automobiles, but uh, through his driving ability, he brought it back, and I thought that was a very cool move, even though I just saw the tail end of it, but our turn man described it so well that I could see the picture of what was happening, and I thought it was a cool move on Neil, Neil Bonnet's part. I'll have, to, I'll have to go along with Dale Earnhardt because when you get a race car out of shape the way he did and save that thing here, that is a cool move. Best I saw all day was Kenny Schrader in that wreck up in turn number two in the running of the Winston Open. Uh, when one car, Rick Wilson, blew an engine, got sideways. Kenny tapped him, kept it going straight. And then with two laps to go in that same event, H.B. Bailey almost stuck him in the fence. Just the fact that he was running at the finish I thought was a pretty cool move. But Dale Earnhardt will take home the money from peak antifreeze and coolant today, $500 from the running of the Winston. And we've got uh, one other little special award here, the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. I think we'll have to give it to Bill Elliott because he led the race all three segments here this afternoon, had an obvious good shot to win it and got tangled up down there in turn number one. And what happened, we'll never know because I'm not in the race car and you're not either and the fans aren't either for that matter. And what happens on the racetrack is among those. But for a close but no cigar, I'll have to go with Bill Elliott. Well, the cigar he had sure exploded in his face in the last ten laps. So the way things ended up here today, we'll give Bill Elliott the $200 from Have a Tampa Cigars. No results on the battling for the Goodies Headache Award. Uh, I think if we had a pick and we don't, Bill Elliott might take that one home, too. He sure had everything going his way until that last 10-lap segment. Dale Earnhardt ended up in victory lane. Earnhardt the winner in the Winston. Buddy Baker won the Winston Open earlier this afternoon in the Winston. Terry Labonte finishes second. Recapping again quickly. Third went to Tim Richmond, fourth to Jeff Bodine, and fifth to Rusty Wallace. Tuesday night, it's NASCAR Live on most of these MRN stations. You can call in your questions toll-free to the folks that make the news in the sport of auto racing Tuesday at 7. Make sure your MRN station is carrying NASCAR Live. A lot of action here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Bush Bowl qualifying is Wednesday. The Bush Grand National and Charlotte Daytona Dash Series in action this next week. And the Coke 600 is here next Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway. MRN will have the weekend off, but will return two weeks from today with the running of the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs, Delaware. That's Sunday, May 31st. And in June, Saturday night, June 6th, we'll be at Raceway Park in Indianapolis for the Kroger 200. Special thanks from MRN to Humpy Wheeler, Ed Clark, and all the folks at Charlotte Motor Speedway for their cooperation and assistance in our broadcast of the Winston and the Winston Open today. Martha Oliver and Louise Frazier were on the scoring loop this afternoon. Winston Kelly uh, was one of our spotters. Also, Ted Stone assisted us in helping get the broadcast on the air. Clay Stalka and Harry Howard to be commended for their efforts. From the press box, the winner is, ta-da, Goody's Headache Award, Bill Elliott, uh, by a nearly unanimous choice to take home the sample of Goody's Headache Powder and the cash award that goes with it here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The third running of the Winston is history. Dale Earnhardt and the Wrangler Chevrolet crew are in victory lane. For Eli Gold, Dave Despain, Dick Brooks, and Ned Jarrett, and for Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Earnhardt on his victory. We'll speak to you in two weeks from today from Dover, Delaware.
The Motor Racing Network's coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series from the Charlotte Motor Speedway has been sponsored by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. Brewers of Bush Beer. Don't just reach for a beer. Head for the mountains of Bush. By Piedmont Airlines, the official airline of NASCAR. By Pontiac, America's road car company. Pontiac, we build excitement. By True Value Hardware Stores. The more you've got to do, the more you need True Value Hardware. By Van Camp's Pork and Beans. Plump, tender beans and a rich tomato sauce make Van Camp's America's favorite. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Peak keeps Kyle Petty cool under pressure. By the STP Corporation. STP products help your car run right longer. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. And by Ocean's 11 Resorts on beautiful Daytona Beach. The general manager of the Motor Racing Network is John McMullen. Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Director of Affiliates Alan Bestwick. Assistants Pat Hensley and Cheryl Parkman. This is Rick Lewis speaking. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.